black people will get to them positions. And, and not only will they get to those positions, they'll also create their own positions. Because again... Yeah. So, hi guys, welcome to another episode of Place Podcasts. Your host, Rua London. And Carty East. And today we have um, our special guest, one of our boys. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, not really, but... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah one of our boy lou cool let's call him lou. Boy, lou, lou lou from the block lou from the block um yeah so we've known this guy for well i've known like uh real one has known this guy quite a bit but i've known him for time so we we'll go way back um and yeah like i just know that man's quite um opinionated and i like his perspective on things so yeah we'll just see we'll see what go on i didn't know you liked my perspective <laughs> I like perspective because you know what it reminds me of this. This is something that I always said. Like, even though like you may have people that like obviously we do agree on things, but I found that sometimes I may have or like generally a lot of people might have a certain perspective, like people that I surround myself with, and then sometimes like I said, like people like you and some of my friends have they make me think beyond my perspective. If that makes sense, like I may have my like solidified point of view on things, and then you kind of give me like, okay, why don't you look at it like this? And then it just gives me food for thought to just consider. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it gives you a more worldly view than just your own, like, like I said, tunnel vision kind of view on things. And that's why I always welcome, like, people that have um, opposing opinions like you. And I've seen that from a lot of things we've discussed. So, yeah, <laughs> you need that in your life, though. You need, like, you can't imagine you're, like, because um, we all know the way the algorithm works on, like, social media and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, the more thing, like, when you like something or you have, like, a perspective, it will keep showing you similar things to that. So... If you're not aware of it, you think everyone agrees with you. It's like a little bubble because yeah. the algorithm literally keeps sharing you and showing you the same content. Um, and yeah, like, so when you see like, like you know, there's left wing, there's right wing, all this kind of stuff. So when you see sort of a different view, you're like kind of shocked. But then if you actively have someone in your life that you talk to that gives you different perspective, it gives you like, you have a balanced reality. So yeah. Yeah, you're gassing me. <laughs> that is good and also everyone make sure to try, even though this is like a little advice even though we all have very strong opinions always listen to other um, perspective and especially on social media try to follow people that don't always agree with you that way you can always evolve because if you're always like yes everyone's a yes man in your life you're not going to get anywhere or like in terms of progression you're just going to be I, I mean you could be solidified in your opinion but it's always good to entertain something other than what you consider to be fact yeah, it's dangerous. Uh, I always say that if you can't converse with someone that has a different opinion opinion to you, then yeah. you're essentially burying yourself alive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like I said, although we're so right, and like everyone has had this in life, there's sometimes when you be so fixed on something for so long, and then I don't know, you may go through an experience or something may just open your eyes, and you've actually changed your opinion on that thing, even though previously you were so strong on it, and. If you if we're gonna use that kind of scenario as that reference, that can show you that you may think you're right, but like uh, um, after a while, you like you might grow, you may change. So, like I said, it's always good to entertain yeah, other you, things. You should expect your opinion and perspective to change. Um, but yeah, okay. Let's let I want to move it to something else because, like I said, I like I like um, I like hearing um, Lou's perspective on certain things. So I just want to. 
hear your perspective on like again what's been going on in the in the world in general. Like when I'm do, what I'm going to say is I'm not going to actually give you anything. I'm just going to see from like where we are right now. I, I like, want to I want to understand your opinion on that. I don't want to. I'm not going to give it any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 want to talk about race, innit? No, I want. I'm not. Did I say that? I said right say now. Did you say that in the world? Okay, so I'm guessing from what from what I've just said, you've you've taken it as an race is something to discuss right now in the world. I just want to. That's why I want to understand what do you feel is like. I like literally, like I said, like July right now. We're July in it. Like what? I think what, yeah. what we're currently seeing um, take place socially. Yeah, the weaponization of race essentially. Go on. What do you mean, weaponization yeah, of race? Uh, yeah, please elaborate. There just seems to be um, a push taking place, uh, both culturally and politically, to some extent, um, to kind of create uh, racial, or at least increase racial tension um, within the West between blacks and whites. In 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 ways that I personally feel um, our generation hasn't really seen before. But like obviously there have been um there's been like racial conflict uh in regards to like the Muslim population in the West, but not on the level that we're currently seeing right now between uh blacks and whites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I still don't I still don't get it. Yeah, I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to understand. Because but but this I know you're saying it's trying to be a weaponization of it, but you so you're trying but in terms of things that have kind of led to this moment, none of it seemed to be, well, I don't know, from what we've seen, to be planned, if that makes sense. Maybe, maybe like, something, a situation might have happened and some people latched onto it. But um, I, I don't think anything was purely, like, orchestrated to, like, start this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to, this, is where, this is where we are right now, essentially. To, to some extent, I agree with that. Um, like, obviously, not everything has been orchestrated, but the response to certain things has most definitely been orchestrated. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't lie. I'm biting my tongue right now. Because no, go on. I don't, I, honestly, I don't. Honestly, I feel like yeah. I feel like this is something you're not saying, and I can tell. Just say it because I don't. I, don't, I really want to. I want to hear your opinion on what you think. Just say it. It's not. Uh, it's a platform to fully express yourself, and I'm here to listen and learn. I don't. I'm, I'm not out here trying to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's basically saying. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, so then, when you can express yourself, I, I, I think like this is kind of where we're at. Is that um, I, I think uh, the terms uh, racist and anti-racist, yeah, no, like going forward and in, especially in this moment, they no longer mean what they once meant. And I just I think it's important to bear that in mind going forward. So yeah, yeah, uh, no, but see, the, the, so the thing with that is, I feel like so those words. It's just like before when people used to say certain things but they didn't really mean it or they didn't really understand what they were saying or what they were supporting mm-hmm. i think in in respect to those like two specific words it has been it's been more is it is i think it basically it's evolved in, in terms of what you're saying it doesn't mean what it used to mean that, that i think there's both negatives and positives to that like um because um some some people will, will be more underst- understanding of like how to i don't like approach certain things moving forward but at the same time people that in terms of they didn't share certain perspectives, it won't matter anymore. It won't matter as it didn't before to them. And why I say by that is purely on the term like being a racist. I I think that has always I think that's changed um, various times over the years. Like I think in the last podcast I mentioned how um, around the civil rights time where there was a narrative which said basically if you're it was basically it wasn't said but it was implied by the, in the media and the portrayal of people that were regarded as, as being racist were quite belligerent. 
um, bigotry and quite outspoken. So in that, what, what that basically kind of implied was if you weren't, if you were regarded as a good person, you weren't racist, you didn't have any tendencies. So and I think that was a shift then. So I think similar to that is a shift now to say maybe beyond just being a good or bad, or bad, um, bad person, being a racist is not is not, is not always good or bad. That is a false dichotomy to say it's either this or that. You could basically be a good person, grow up to see certain images in the media or or like where you grew up being not being exposed to people of color, and then you can develop a sort of like unconscious bias of how you view certain people and then that can be regarded as being racist so you can still be a, the best person you can I, I, I think i think that's quite significant though that's that's quite important to um to bear in mind uh so like what, what we're hearing is anti a lot of a lot of the anti-racists tend to yeah. be quite racist themselves and a lot of what people now consider to be racists are actually somewhat anti-racist um, would, you, would you say a lot of the things people consider to be racist may be pure like i do feel there's there's a bit of um of um, like a misguided approach to some things that could be pre prejudice or discrimination which we've always had but some people may just regard that as racist to so they can say oh like i'm trying to fight something i'm trying to be they're basically by fighting those things they they regard as anti-racist which is, is similar to what's happened in the past anyways right some people they thought by doing this made sure made them void of being considered as this where it, you can't always look at it like that so like at the moment the the, the new york times number one best-selling non-fiction book is a it's a anti a quote-unquote anti-racist book called yeah. white Reality. why it's so I've, I've actually i've actually read that book okay that yeah. book as far as i'm concerned is racist okay elaborate because i've actually read that book so no, i, I before, before, you, before you guys move forward what's this book called again White fragility. Um, what's, the book, what's the book about? Why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. I've got the book here. Like on, oh, is on, that one? Is that, oh, that's the book. Okay, go on. On the blog, uh, there's yeah. clarity yeah. and compassion. D'Angelo allows us to understand racism as a practice not restricted to, quote-unquote, bad people. In doing so, she moves our national discussion forward. This is a necessary book, necessary book for all people invested in societal change. Now, I, I don't disagree that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a book about societal change, but as to yeah. whether or not it's a positive societal change, societal change that, that's a different question. See, so the, the thing I saw about that is it was, um, first of all, I, like, I, was quite, I was quite taken aback when I realised it wasn't written by a person of colour because I still feel a bit a bit indifferent mm -hmm. about supporting, because like I said, there's a top seller right now, so I know in this time her sales are going to go up, so... The, like she's she's literally writing about race. Yeah, she's basically peddling race. Like she's yeah. she's peddling racism to create more racism to benefit yeah. us. Okay, so I get I get I I get up, so I still so like I said I don't I don't I still feel weird about the fact that it not weird but I still feel like indifferent about the fact that it was written by a person like um, a Caucasian person or a person of yeah. color because it is a very touchy subject. But <laughs> I said but I had to understand that she's trying to explain it from like I said the, the white point of view. So but that way, the yeah. premise of the book is that white people are inherently racist. If if a white person um, stays remains silent when talking to a black person about race, yeah. Then if a white wait, person, wait, wait, can you say that again? If they no, but that's if if they see a situation that is as like it's racially charged. You know what I mean? I think that makes them racist though. But then, but then, what brings into question is like, well, if a lot of the racism that people are experiencing today is subconscious. It's taking yeah. place on the subconscious level. Who gets to decide what's racist? That's true. 
So you're saying, wait, um, to read his book. No, so I've, no, the reason why I can understand what he's saying, because I've, I've read his book, so I'm trying to digest my knowledge of this, of like what she was trying to put, like the, what she, what, the lesson she was trying to teach. Because there's a lot of great points she mentioned in, she mentioned there. But so when I actually read this book, I didn't actually feel like it was for me. I felt like it was for, like this person that is white. But, um, and I do get your point. She does, she does say a lot of points that suggest that, yeah, like white people are inherently racist. Um, but then she kind of backs it up by like, like stuff that I said previously to do that as in, that the system is and the way that like, the way um, a lot of societies were built was on like say like a like a white point of view as in like when you go to the shop you when they discuss when they say skin color is always like like said when i mean even like plasters it was always the skin color or even makeup before was regarded as that uh, if you were a person of color you didn't see anything to represent you so it makes you feel less human everything that you saw was white so from a base level not even to talk about interactions and even interaction with police and stuff even from the base level things that we regard ourselves to be human was always geared towards the white side of things so she, I, I think and she does go into something deeper than that so i'm trying to show you how she kind of tailors to say even almost every part of society was built from that point of view um and if you want to go further into the stuff about her saying if you see a situation that you can obviously that like you may see is racist someone, someone else might not deem as racist i do i do kind of understand you saying just because someone doesn't step in doesn't mean they're racist but at the same time it makes them complicit I didn't. So is, that, is that any better? Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't finish what I was saying in, in that regard. Yeah. Like the, the, the premise of the book is that if a white person remains silent when talking to a black person, they're racist. If a, if a black person tells a white person that they, they're experiencing racism or that the white person is racist and the white person questions as to whether or not they are in fact racist, then they are racist. It's, it's, it's essentially, um, if you don't conform, you're racist. Hmm. That, that's essentially what the book is. And it stems from a study called uh, Critical Social Justice Theory, which started propping up in like universities in like the 80s and 90s. And it very quickly just kind of turned into um, like active a- activism within academia. And yeah. these people are like taking over universities and whatnot and essentially just pushing this narrative of like racial oppression and... They claim to be helping the problem, but as far as I'm concerned, they're doing nothing more than actually like just adding fuel to the fire. But in terms of adding fuel to the fire, if 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 like I I, I still need to understand the the, the like I said the, the whole movement because I've only understand it from her perspective. I didn't know it was this was beyond her. But what, what I was saying is the the fact that she's making people aware of some of like beyond like I said this interactions you're, you're saying I, I don't really she, she, uh, not, she's not making people aware though again it's, it's literally if you don't conform you're racist it's like a, a prime example of this right is and and this goes back to what i was saying about how anti-racist and racist no longer mean what they once meant but yeah. for somebody to say uh like in this day and age for somebody to say all lives matter right 10 years ago if you said all lives matter Everyone look at you and be like, "Yeah, of course." Like, yeah, like, well done. Nowadays, um, because of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, which, by the way, I think it's important to it's important to separate the the sentence from the actual organization itself, because again, like, this is where the message kind of gets lost. It's like the sentence it's itself, "Black Lives Matter," is obviously true, you know, yeah. but. When, when it comes down to agreeing with the organization that is Black Lives Matter, for, for someone to um, like question or disagree with it, 
and for them to then be considered racist, that is is, is very dangerous. It's dangerous. It's it's not going to lead to anything good. Um, yeah, like like I mentioned before, when once you make something black and white, sometimes especially when this situation is so nuanced, you can't just say this is what we're this all right. Like we're, we're currently seeing a push towards is either this or that. That's that's a fourth race. Have it have yeah, but, race in every like social interaction. You say, but race does. Ev- I'm going to say this: race does sometimes, not just sometimes, actually, generally does play a part in a lot of things. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Even like I said, it's not always, and it's not always negative. We should, we, should, we understand it's not always negative to say that race plays a part in something. But I think sometimes it could be negligence when some people say, "Oh, I don't, I don't see that this could affect this." And I'm just giving an example of something mentioned. I want to, I want to say something back to the Black Lives Matter movement, but I want to just say give a, something to support the point I'm saying right now. Um, in terms of there, there was a feminist movement, and some, and you can you can see that the whole point of feminist movement is a positive thing. At the end of the day, like they are. No, 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 no. Hang on. No, no, no. I want, no, I want to give a perspective. I want to give a oh. perspective. So I'm saying that you would, well, you would think the premise of the feminist movement is a positive thing. But even, even within the premise feminist movement, there was people that were there were were saying that were kind of um avoiding the issue that okay, uh, like a, a white woman may face issues with feminism, but then a black woman faces the issue of feminism plus her race. They were yeah. they were trying to they were say, they were trying to discount that that opinion, which it shows you there's an issue. So even though it's a positive thing, they weren't acknowledging that I'm I'm a like a black woman would experience it differently than a white woman. It's not just I'm a woman. It's the race plays a part into it too. This this is essentially like intersectionality, which is study yeah. into how everyone is like discriminated against in some way or another. And so the idea is essentially that if you're a straight white male, then you can't be discriminated against because, you know, you're, you're basically at the top of the hierarchy, um, the social hierarchy in this, in this country. The next yeah. would be like a straight white woman. The next would be like a, a gay white male and then like a, uh, a gay white woman. And then maybe like a, it, it, it essentially just keeps going on and on and on and on and on to the point where like anyone that feels that they're discriminated against for whatever reason, it might even be their height or the fact or, the, or their body weight or the color of their hair. If they yeah. feel that they've been discriminated against, then they are essentially like they, they become part of this kind of structure of, of oppression. And like, well, that, that's, that's always going to exist. Like as a human, as human beings, we're always going to be, prejudice and like i said beyond beyond being racist like there's 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 an underlying thing we have to understand is we all have biases when we see people that cost we generally would be more supportive of them i think we're we're all racist to some extent and i think recognizing that would be um it'd be great but because listen the 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 issue with science to say we're all racist to an extent is i would say we should regard that as more prejudice and discrimination because once you say we're racist to an extent it takes away from everything that's happening in terms of the movement to say in terms of to when we're trying to when we try to understand like war racism in this day and age. If you say war racism extent, then like I said, a, a, a white person can say, "Oh, but war racism extent, then this Black Lives Matter movement doesn't matter anymore." Or like, or like saying the, ex- uh, the, the experience of a black person doesn't matter anymore. If you say war racist, that's that's the counter argument that can be started if you set that base to say war racist. I, I don't doubt that there are people out there who think that who think that black lives don't matter. And obviously, they- can, I, can I say can I say something about your last point about the all lives matter thing? When you said people used to say that in the past, and that was fine, that was because it wasn't. Now it's been used in, like I just mentioned, it's been used in reply to someone trying to champion the Black Lives Matter. But, but but the point still stands is that all lives do genuinely matter. Like, but then, but but people are using it to counter saying 
But yeah, all lives do all matter. But people are even in this this black lives matter. By, by saying all lives matter, you're not saying yeah. black lives don't matter. You're saying all lives matter. But by saying black lives don't matter, you're not saying all lives don't matter. You're just saying black lives do matter because in in the ways. Wait, 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 wait. This, this conversation's getting a bit lost. So, if, yeah. if we like just just take my mum for example, right? Sixty year old woman who's been with a black man for the past like thirty years. She's yeah. watching the news. And then she's seeing like all of this stuff about like Black Lives Matter, etc. And then she turns to me and she's like, "But surely, all lives matter." And as far as she's concerned, all lives do matter, you know. Like, but because she isn't aware as to what's going on culturally, like for her to now say all lives matter, many people yeah. now consider her to be a racist. And again, it is not racist to say all lives matter. It just isn't. Yeah, if you like, like I said, in a, in, if if you say it as in a standalone, it's fine. In today's day and age, in which race is being uh, again like weaponized for yeah. the benefit of of a select few, by the way, the likes of Robin D'Angelo, the woman who wrote uh, White Fragility. Yeah, um, they're, they're, I can't help but feel as if uh, they're they're essentially just using black people as pawns in a in a political game of chess. Wait, I just wanted to. Um, mention another book that I just don't know if you've read as well. Because once I, when I read the the White Fragility book, I also read a book called um, to have like a like I said the overall view and stuff. A book called Why I No Longer Talk to White People About Race by Reni yeah. Dolodge. Have you read that too? Yeah. So I want you to just take both of what they're trying to teach into what they're trying to portray into what what, what the lessons they're trying to teach. If you if you consider both of them, you can understand. The view. So what I want to say is that one thing I've seen about why I have a bit more different opinions. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a popular, a popular opinion of what I do view. Like not issues, but something I do see in the Black Lives Matter thing. I do think there's a, there's an over, there's um, a, quite a lot of focus on police brutality, which is a thing. And I do, I have to understand that that is actually what kind of started a movement. But there's something that I also want to see in terms of this community, which is mindset and our it, perspective. That wasn't what started the movement, by the way. But that's what the that's what I see on the website saying um the what's it called Trayvon yeah that's Trayvon Martin, but he wasn't he wasn't killed by a policeman it wasn't police brutality it was killed but but it was still a security someone with, with in, like not in law enforcement but someone with authority to neighbor like, watch um like guy so what would you consider it started because I do I I want to say a perspective but I want to hear what did you think started the Black Lives Matter movement then? no yeah it, it, was, it was the Trayvon Martin case but it, it wasn't a case of police brutality. But that's what they've champ. What is that's what it's turned into into, into hyper focus on politicality. And I guess some arguments people are saying about the Black Lives Matter thing in terms of because right now after the the George Floyd case, it's been a movement into beyond just police brutality. It's about um, I, I try to say like black people in terms of society and people of color in society. And there's something else that we have to overcome, which is mindset and um, the mentality of of like how we shouldn't always wait for someone to give you a chance that you can actually do things yourself. I do think and also like setting your own infrastructures and yourself in more positions of power i do think there's, there's there's probably a bit of a lack of that and i i just i just feel like over time that will come into it because i see some counter arguments saying why they only why they only focus on one thing where this is a systematic thing where you have to fight it in different regards so i do think that the movement should have uh like some focus on that too um but both of their points right now is i think they're trying to educate people and issue they're not they're not trying to educate people they're trying to indoctrinate people into a way of thinking that, yeah, you, can't, you can't do that. You that's can't do that. Again, if you don't conform, you're yeah. right. That's not, that's not educating. That's indoctrination. 
and these people are indoctrinated into this way of thinking. I feel like people that follow this movement, like I've always said, even like like I said, I don't always agree with everyone I speak to, but what I try to do is before, not even before, I try to avoid it to get to a, a stance where like, I feel like if it does get heated, we're human beings, we're going we're gonna to like just lock off and lock down and we won't even welcome the other opinion. So it, it, then it becomes a thing of just oh, not listening. That it just becomes of everyone's just what's it called? Not everyone's just like uh, outputting information. No one's actually taking in and listening to the other perspective. I've always said it's even if someone has all of my like you said about stuff like your mom, someone shouldn't always. I, I, I trust me, it's probably hard because of people are quite heated. So that's what happens. But they don't even consider that maybe this person, like you said, your mom has just said all lives matter because she's actually just thinking from a worldly perspective that all lives do matter. She's not. She's not saying it indirect to. Not, she's not saying it to counter. The Black Lives Matter movement, but it'll it'll before even before the other perspective is, is considered, it will be first of all taken as this person is racist. I, and I do understand that. I feel like what we people do is to kind of to to kind of think and try to see if you can actually have a conversation, educate them. Like why do why do you think all lives matter? But that's not that's easier said than done because I said generally when this stuff happens, it's always heated. And as it's humans, once we're angry, it's definitely a messy situation. Like the world's a bit of a mess at the moment. But then another another perspective says was how how perfect was the world before this? Because surely this it, yeah. I know I know you're saying is gonna is is gonna cause conflicts between like obviously the races which it is, I, but at the same time is is making people like I know you're saying people are not self aware, but generally some people will be because of in terms of the way we we're going before we kind of just kept we kind of just left the status quo. That what what how is that any better to to anything that we that we potentially might have going forward if we just kept things the way they are and no one like even in even in the wake of this i know you said they're trying to indoctrinate people but i've seen a lot of people educate themselves on certain things fair enough as much as i'm saying that people may just go back to their homes and still keep that certain mindset it's not guaranteed that this but that's not I mean, it will actually change a lot of people that we think that they are trying to change people will keep their ways but i guess they're trying to educate people to to stop doing certain practices like i'm see, i i 100 see the negative things that can come out of this but Overall, without say, without trying to say that they may be trying to say people are racist, paint people as, as racist straight away. There is a lot of positives to come out of this too. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, long term, um, and I mean even short term, I kind of I just disagree. Yeah, we, we, I said, which is fair, which is fair. But um, there, there's always going to be I, I've, with anything like there's always good and bad things to it. I do I don't hundred percent agree with the stuff that what's this D'Angelo says like you're automatically racist because i even i watched the seminar she did in in the university and she does make jokes about that too saying i automatically think you're racist so with the new like with the nod you said about how it's like a whole movement stuff that i can see that perspective but there's still there's too much um like like good content in the book to just overlook the overall message you know what i mean like because some people read, like like i said before this i've had people that didn't understand some of the biases they may have had not necessarily paint themselves as racist but it's just they had a, they didn't realize they had a lot of implicit bias in them, and they may have treated people differently because of like I said like even even um, I've experienced this too. Like I've met people that I've that I've lived with um, once I've lived in like like I lived in quite expensive accommodation at one point, and I met people that I, I guess you would call them to be a higher social class, and they literally said to me that I didn't. I, I'm surprised you smell good. I didn't think black people smelled this good. I didn't think people black people could read because they were never exposed to this. But in their head, she didn't see that as bad. Who said that? I, so I'm someone I've lived with. Yeah, I've lived with someone that deserve a slap. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But I see me as a person. I I should be angry, but I I don't know why. But I just wasn't angry. I just I just I was like, yes, we we just not everyone that's black doesn't is not begging for money on Oxfam. We're not in Africa. But has she's what she's growing up? She wasn't from. She was from um another part of Europe. I don't want to say it because obviously they may listen. But she was from another part of Europe and um not from the UK. And I'm guessing she wasn't exposed to. 
Just say it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, this guy said, just say Listen, that's my thing. I'm very diplomatic. So when she said that, she did say, she did make some other comments. And I've actually had that twice before. Um, but she, she said that and just, just a lot of assumptions that she had. But in her view, she didn't regard that as being racist or anything. And the crazy, at that time is too, I didn't actually automatically paint her as a bad person. I, I just had to understand that as she grew up, she saw this, she saw this certain represent, um, representation of or perspective on how people of color are and what they do, how they look and all this stuff. So when she met me, she was so surprised that I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't all these stereotypes that she saw growing up. And this was a growing up. She was like 20, 23. So imagine she's gone all her life thinking all black people smell, all black people couldn't speak. And or, or even the fact that I was well-spoken, she was surprised by that. And I had to educate. And then I felt like she, ch- she was, she, she, she changed from that day. If that makes sense. So she was more open, but it wasn't all her fault is what she grew up seeing. So that's one thing I always understand that it's not always people's fault is it's a society we live in. And even the, the education system. But were you call her a racist though before, before that? If it, so this is the thing. If it was like, in an aggressive situation that it was racially charging me or like you think it was that it, uh, maybe it would have been different but this was someone that i lived with in my house i i, I think I, even in that social setting i don't think i could have had the option to make to escalate it i think i had no option but to be very patient and educate her to say like look this i've known friends and what you may have been seeing in your country is not what it is not the reality and from then on and she was a very outsp- she was a very outspoken person too so i think that's why she was even te- told me such a such a like a crazy perspective um in the first place but yeah like I, I we just had a conversation and i think she changed from then on but some people would have just been so angry in that situation so like why 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 would you say this like why, why would you think this and then nothing would have changed she wouldn't have she wouldn't have been educated and then i would have just been angry and then it would just be like another divide but i chose to just to, to diffuse the situation that and divide, I, like i said that, is hmm? what we're seeing. That, that divide is what we're seeing take place at the moment is um like and and it does come down to like a lack of understanding and kind of just on both sides on both sides on both sides and and that's that's what's important to remember see as far as d'angelo is concerned it's not yeah. as to whether or not it's taking place on both sides is it's taking place only on the side of the white person and if they don't believe that they're racist then they are racist and it, it's actually mad to think that she's getting paid big bags to give talks about this stuff in like organizations yeah. and it is the number one best-selling book in the u.s at the moment it's not, <laughs> it's not i'm not surprised yeah, that, that is due to this. Like I said before, I'm still indifferent about her profiting from all of this because she will 100% profit this. But at the um, but like I've said at the same time, I've seen people read the books and educate themselves and take it away from it. I do think going forward, that may be a more prevalent issue, the fact that you automatically brand people as racist. But what I've said about the racist thing is we have to, this, probably the word racist to change. We stop looking at it as an, it's like saying you're well, evil. Well, well yeah. the thing, like, if, if we're talking racism, from like 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. For the most part, it was overt. Um, yes, especially, yeah. especially as far as like the system is concerned. Like, you know, systemic racism most definitely took place. Um, nowadays, again, I personally don't think that we do experience systemic racism. I think it's just mainly taking place on an individual level. Like people like kind of conflate it with the system being racist. But again, like you can't, you can't point me in any direction as to how or what a black person can't do that a white person can. But it's not when I when I feel when people say can't and can. It's not about that. It's about sometimes you you have there's a like almost like a what's it called? I, I want to say artificial because I, I don't have the best way to say this, but it's like an artificial block 
like roadblock in terms of things. And I do, I do get your point about individual. It happens on individual levels, but from my experience being in the corporate world and many other uh, people of color's experience being in the corporate world too, yeah. um, I, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of individual level experience. I mean, individual experiences. Um, have to happen to to show you that is a systemic thing because I, I, I like I said I, I've I, we had this discussion before I do um, understand your perspective on this and like I said you 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 could have points to back it up but I, I'm coming from real world I view. back it up hmm? I do have points to back it up yeah that's what I'm saying I do get you have points to back it up but I'm coming from I'm coming from like purely like practical point of view literally in like in the workplaces in these positions and this is just a corporate world it, it happens in other other parts of society and systems of um i guess you're coming from the point of view saying like uh, a white person could be a teacher a black person could be a teacher all that kind of stuff um i think i'm talking beyond beyond that because that's that's a very specific okay. narrow you're, you're referring to like the subconscious kind of racism that takes place or like microaggressions that take place within the workplace right and also not um so there's, a, there's a there's a certain level that sometimes like I said, this is not this may be a lot of implicit bias too like I said, generally, we'll, we'll probably put people that look like us, we'll, put, we'll favor them over people that don't look like us. Um, I would say there's, there's an argument can be said there's a lot of, there's a lack of people of color in some powerful positions or positions of hiring or positions of power. And right now, we're living in a very diverse world. We're, we're mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. And uh, black people not put themselves in those positions? Yeah, I'm saying they can, but I'm saying in some, in some establishments which are quite prevalent and control society as a whole right now, there's a lack of diversity in those rooms I, beyond beyond even just beyond that, even just race there's sex as well there's is, lack of is, hmm? that, is that primarily due to race or is it primarily due to the fact that like if we're talking uk yeah uh, people only make up 3.5 percent of the population so really you, you shouldn't that, that that's from like 2011 it's probably at like five percent now maybe like really and truly if if we're talking like fairness and equality you shouldn't really expect to see more than one back black person per twenty white people in the workplace, just just off numbers alone. But yet the people that are consuming, like I know you're saying those numbers, but if it can be argued that in some other, so okay, that that's in the in the position of power. Would you would would you not say in some parts of society too that were overrepresented for some other sort of like um, narrative? So like I don't know crime and stuff like that. Yes. So if if we're only what was the percentage you said three percent and etc. People are five. Why is it we're overrepresented in some other parts? Right. And can I this so just one thing I want to mention about you you saying um the numbers and how people have got to that position of power. This is is mainly from America. I don't I don't exactly know the British kind of setup, but over the years of like we're gonna speak like we're gonna go way back. Uh, like we're gonna look back into history and people that um had power back then. And the way, obviously, like, I, I don't even, not even like slavery, just around those times. Um, and even like, you know, like the wind rush um, thing. In the, I'm trying to bring it back to UK because most of my knowledge on this is US. But I want to bring it back to the UK. Um, but I may, I may actually have to quote the US system because it's probably more, it's more relevant. Is that fine? Okay, yeah. Um, so let me just say the US system because it's, it's more easier to understand that if I, if I speak about the US system. Um, actually, no, wait, I can mention a point. There's a point that I forgot. Um, there's a point that I can actually mention. Give me... Literally, give me two seconds, because um, this is actually quite relevant to the UK. I saw this the other day. It was to do with um, British's um, part in actually slavery. Yeah. One second. It was to do with something to do with reparations. This could actually be the example I'm looking for. So it was to do with, um, yeah, so the freedom 
um, I think it was the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833, where, um, yeah, basically, I think slavery was basically dismantled. And what happened then is, um, basically, reparations were paid to the slave owners. Right. And this, so this is in Britain, and it was basically 40% of the national budget, which was, I think it was around 20 million um, pounds back then. I don't, I don't know where it would be today. It would be billions in today's money. Um, and essentially, so when slavery was disbanded in the UK, obviously it, was, it still carried on um, for a bit. But basically, yeah, the slave owners were paid money. So not the, the people that were enslaved. Yeah. So obviously that creates generational wealth. And that, that, that amount was actually only paid off in 2015. And the reason why I know this is there was a Freedom of Information Act passed to the, the H, HM Treasury. And they released they released this information that like you can actually Google this. So this is actually fact. This is not even hearsay or nothing. Yeah. They said they said the money was only paid in twenty fifteen. So obviously that generational wealth trickles down, and obviously we know predominantly slave owners were predominantly white. So what that happens that trickles down. People can buy houses. People can set up businesses, and obviously they're gonna put their obviously that the, I said the numbers of people of color were limited at that time too, as you today. But it can be argued that that generational wealth has set off as set as um contributed to the structure we see today. So I do, I do, um, like obviously I agree that history has played its part as to like the current condition that, uh, black people find themselves in today. Yeah. It'd be stupid to say otherwise. Um, but again, like if, if, if we're talking, um, racism taking place on a systemic level, which again has definitely taken place throughout history. As of right now, in this moment, I just, I don't, personally, I just don't see it. And if, if, if we want to talk about um, how, like, black people are overrepresented within, like, prison populations and whatnot, yeah. um, again, I just, I don't, I don't see how black people are specifically being targeted for being black and put in prison. It's like the, 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 the there are problems at home that ultimately lead to people ending up in prison. Um, having both parents in the home is, or at least growing up with a single parent, like you're far more likely to end up in prison. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the numbers of single parent, uh, black families are disproportionate to that of pretty much every other race. Like in, in the UK, for example, um, 25, well, it's like 24.8% of black households are single parent. Yeah. Take a guess as to how many white, white households are single parent. A lot less than that. Like, I'm going to take a guess. Ten percent. One percent. Ten. Ten percent. Ten percent. Ten. Wow. And as for that Asian, as for that Asian community, it's like eight point eight percent or something. Yeah. Um. So that in itself, like, has a big part part to play as to why people end up in prison. Education is another one. Um, yes. And then obviously being poor as well. Like being poor just does not like. Like poor people are discriminated against. Yeah, we're denying that. Um. So, like, in terms of, like, I said the U, the UK is one, I'm, and I'm not excusing, like, like before, what I said about the BLM movement, I feel beyond just police brutality, there needs to be a mindset thing. Like you just said, the the fact of like, obviously, we, we may grow up in a in a lower class family to begin with, so the odds are already against you. Then you have to have then then what you lack in that thing, you lack a parent that may have some sort of wealth to like make you big, make it a bit more easy for you to break into certain things in life or even have the education because they may not have the education themselves. So that makes it, you have the, basically there's, there's less chance that you may even get to, to like you could, you can move classes from like a lower class to even middle class, upper middle class. If 
the generation before you lack all these things. And an argument can be said is that could be linked to the past. But I do feel there's a time where eventually you can't always link it to the past. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm a bit in the middle. There's a part where you can't always say, okay, stuff that, I've, that I, I guess in the past you say there's a time where we couldn't read and write, we couldn't have this. The, the What I just mentioned previously, the slave the slavery abolition thing about the reparations may not being given to us. There comes to a point where that is that is the reality. And I guess we we, we have to, like, a generation, has to, the current generation has to start trying to equip themselves and educate themselves and put themselves in this power in power positions, which will take generations to even get to some sort of balance. Well, well, I, I think there's some sort of accountability. You're already seeing it today, though. Like, black people yeah. are doing what's necessary. They're just, I, I just don't, I don't think there's an awareness as to the power that they actually have. Because, again, like, coming back to these narratives of um, systemic and, like, racial repression, like, like th- th- these people are controlling this narrative. These, these, these privately educated middle-class leftist elite types push this racist agenda in front of us and we basically buy into it and so we focus more on how you know the system is supposedly against us than the fact that we actually have the power to make change so you what you said is true to, to an extent but they, so this is what i'm going to say what you literally said is going to happen no whatever that like there, there may be a, a part of the society that that or like certain people that forget that, like you said, there's, there's, there's first of all, okay, I'm gonna say there's like there's a hundred percent lack of um, awareness to some people that are actually making these moves. Like even the other day, there was a woman that was appointed. Um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Can I just say that uh, Akon is fucking building his own city in Africa? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. Where are we're aware of that? We're aware of that though. Where, where are the limits exactly? Because I've, I've I've heard people say that you know black people's success is limited in this country and whatnot. Where are these limits? If Akon's out here building, that, that's that's a very specific scenario. Come on, because first of all, he's can I can I say something about Akon as well? Most people aren't building cities, like mo- like doesn't matter what race you are. Chances are you ain't gonna get to the position where people, you are, no, Lewis. People own cities. Do you know why race is a bit different? First of all, I always say the issue where we focus to look at entertainers, for example, and I know he's doing more than entertaining right now, but that there's a whole different thing with with that as well that I feel that it needs to be looked at very specifically because of when I say in terms of what we can do is I do feel like there's a limited representation to, to like in terms of what we think we can achieve beyond just entertainment sports all of these things so I think we need to look at we need to look beyond that and trust me don't get me wrong Akon is doing a lot beyond beyond um a lot of people like even like beyond white age and stuff but that's still a very specific scenario I think we need more representation in but, but surely in almost every field if, if, if there's a if there's a structure of like systemic racism in place in this day and age then surely Akon wouldn't be able to build his own city but, but that but that's a singular case that's a singular case uh, that uh, just uh, because uh, it's not affecting uh, him doesn't affect uh, not affecting millions of people the white extent you know, you know what's mad though can I tell you something though the richest yeah. man in the UK is an African man who's the richest man in the UK his name is Mo Ibrahim he's worth 1.1 billion the richest black man in UK, basically. So we've got billionaires, millionaires, more billionaires. To what extent is that man less limited exactly? Is mm-hmm. it? He's a businessman. How, how much is he worth for one? One point one billion. So what is his is his success limited to one point five? Is it two billion? Is it three billion? Like where's where's this systemic oppression exactly? I think when people say there's a systemic thing, that like I said, I'm not speaking for everyone because I'm trying to give a world of perspectives. It's a mixture of um. Okay, he's he's he might have amassed that wealth. Who's to say on the road to getting that wealth? Because this you're both mentioning singular cases. Because we're gonna look at it as overall. 
to see like in terms of like widespread. If we look at overall, so um, on on the road to get that doesn't mean as as um, a, a person of color in mass and accidental wealth, he still doesn't face discrimination to some extent on a daily basis because of the, the color of his skin. And he's still not limited to do that thing. He might have amassed that certain wealth, but it doesn't mean it's still not limited in other ways. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree that he does. Like, you know, yeah. he probably does um, experience discrimination based on the color of his skin. But again, like if... Which is basically, which is, which is racism. You can't, yeah, when you, do, when you face discrimination based on... It's, 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 it's not limiting him, though. I think that's where I'm coming from. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's facing, he doesn't, it's not stopping him from achieving his success. So are you, are you supporting the belief that there's no systemic racism as well, Rowan? I'm not saying there's reason, but I'm saying it doesn't mean you have to stop you from achieving what you, what you need to achieve in life, basically. Yeah, that's what I said about mentality. I think there's a mentality issue saying, and I, I do think it's, it's actually due to lack of representation or a lack of focus on representation. Like, like I said the other day, there's a lady that was made um, like CMO of Netflix, which is a person of colour. And there's, like, there's, there's other black people that have been in power positions. There's, oh, there's someone else I saw the other day. But basically, when you see... If you're like, if, if you're, this is the not a biased thing, but if you see someone that looks like you in some positions, it makes you realize that's attainable. And I feel there's lack of tradition of widespread, not even just, not even just like in the black community, in other communities, to see people that did not just white in, in some of these powerful positions. So you can feel like it's actually attainable. So then it, it's that kind of mentality thing. So I think that's where I mean, we're going at. Too. I mean, I'm coming from like, even this man, this man is like, he's in his 70s. Yeah. And I feel like, Maybe our generation we complain too much to an extent. Tired and entitled. Because this men made it when racism was even worse, when black were being we're going for a harder time compared to yeah. now. And this man this men, because never just one, there's an old load of black millionaires and billionaires in the world. And they made it through that difficult time when it wasn't even as easy as it is right now. And right now things are much easier for even anyone in general. So we can't always think about we need someone that represents us for us to think we can achieve whatever. Like that's when the mindset comes in. But I don't, I don't need to look up. I don't need to look up to someone to feel like I can achieve something. Even just even just look up to someone, you put a limit on yourself as well. If you look up to, for example, a celebrity, that's my limit. That's actually my limit. But if I just believe in myself, just know, know what I'm just going to do to the world, do my own thing. And if luck comes in, I make it. I make it. But we can't just always think the system is against us. No, but you can't you can't say that that perspective is valid for everyone because, like I said, everyone has a different perspective. Just like like I said, even the thing about sort mindset, some people can innately believe they can do certain things, but we can't discount that as growing up. When we see our parents, even like this is but to like as a child, being a child, you see your your mom doing something, you see your, your dad doing something. You don't realize how that sub- subconsciously can influence you to see that this is possible. It's not about looking up; it's about the influence of your your like your like things you can achieve in life. And it's not always it's not always to say it's a plateau. Most people that like most people that have seen, they've met their idols. Have actually achieved more than their idols, in in, in certain instances. So it's a is a more it's something to so is 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 something that's about positive influence. I think that's what I'm going out with this. Not to say that you see someone being a footballer, you want to be a footballer. Like, okay, I'm going to be like Messi. You can be probably better than Messi, but then you seeing that someone that looks like you is in there, or even sometimes some people can take positive influence on people that don't look like them. Don't get me wrong; they don't, they don't have to be another black person to me to feel like I can achieve something. I get inspiration from. Like, like we even mentioned Jeff Bezos, all these people said industries. I can get inspiration from them. But sometimes there's another issue. When there's a lack of diversity, you always feel like maybe I'm not meant to be in these rooms, which we don't realize that some people have that internal um, kind of understanding of things, which I said, I always, I've repeated it. There's a, there's a mentality shift that needs to happen. And I, that, that only comes with education and with, also with a mixture of um, diversity in these rooms and yeah, just awareness. 
But to say to say it doesn't completely exist can can be argued. That's what I'm gonna say. Say what, sorry? Um, to say there's no institutional racism on a level, but like I said, you do you do have points well, that you mentioned. There once was, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, right in in this country at least anyway. As far as I'm personally concerned, there isn't. Okay, in in this country, you said you're not saying, but and also I remember at the start you said from your personal perspective, which I think could be argued. Because that's what I'm trying to say from my own personal perspective. Because like I said, actually I did mention. Actually, I scratched that. I did mention from my personal perspective, which is why I used to support my argument. But then. That, that's because I've personally like, and also I've I've spoken to loads of people that have that have accounted for a similar thing in similar industries and of. Yeah, and I'm, of I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that people do not experience uh, like racism in the form of uh, microaggressions and subconscious racism. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm I'm just simply saying that one that's not. Um, that's not the system going out of its way to do that. Because again, yeah. it's taking place on an individual level. These are individual biases. And, you know... Um, can I, what can I say is, you know when, like, how can you... Then what point does it get? How many how many instances do you need of that? And it comes back to this question as to who decides what is racist if it's taking place subconsciously. Like it, it, there, there, needs true, be, there, there needs to be an awareness that what we consider racism today is not the same, you know, it's, it's not what was considered to be the racism that took place 50, 60 years ago. In, in like to the point where, you know, black people weren't allowed in certain places, black people weren't allowed access to an education, black people weren't allowed, you know, such and such things just solely based on the fact they're black that no longer exists today. You, as a black man, are free to do anything you want that a white man can 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 do. Can I mention the point you said about um, by, by, by law? So again, like yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, by law. Like I was gonna say because I do feel like generally some people who have this unconscious bias, not actually unconscious. This is more to the, even the overt. Like even I've experienced this once. I'm going to like, but this is this is something that's not. I wouldn't consider to support my systemic argument. I'm just saying people take it upon themselves to enforce this prejudice that I only want people that look like me to be in like I said be in certain places even I think it was in America recently they they realized that in there's this there's this um this residential area that in a while ago they had this law um which which literally said you're not allowed to sell this house to people of color you couldn't sell people. you said it was like a Caucasian um what's it called a uh, clause in the rental in the in the like the mortgage agreement they said you're not allowed to sell this to anyone that is not Caucasian, and they found that in, I think it was literally in the last five years that was still part of the rental agreement. Obviously, it was. They said it wasn't. What well, they said it wasn't enforced. That's what the, the you, house. Or, you own the house. No, it was. It was. It was a whole like you know, like when you you're a developer and you own a whole plot of land. So the, the developer that developed that in like the sixties left that in the clause up until the the, the they said a few years ago, and so they they found that there was a few. Obviously, there was a few people of color that lived there. Like I've been two, but they said they were shocked to find out that that was still part. Of their, their of their agreement to own a house, so I'm saying we may it may not be overt, but there's still little little remnants of history that's and also like I said, all this subconscious thing that people see growing up, they're left into in today's society. And even sometimes when you go to say restaurant, people don't want to welcome you. There's there's little instances like this to so I guess when you when you accumulate, imagine I'm a person of color, I, I and I said you may say this is individual level. They may face it in the workplace. They they may not be getting. To a promotion, of course they can set up their own business. They can do this. That's that's fact. Like I said, this is there's opportunities other ways. But let's say they face that, and then they want to buy a house, and for some reason they're not 
they're not getting it because the person is also subconsciously racist in the the, person, the the developer and then they want to go to eat in certain restaurants because they're they're quite they're quite wealthy and they're not being wealthy again the question is who decides what is racist if it's taking place on a subconscious level and i'll give you i'll give you examples of this right yeah these are examples that i've shared in the chat obviously but one is that my sister is um receptionist in the gp right mixed race and she gets told on a regular basis that she's racist because she can't book certain people in for appoint for appointments. Not, not. How do they, how do they know what colour she is over the phone though? That's how they just accuse her of being racist. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, but, but but the matter of the fact is, is that the reason why they they can't get an appointment is because there aren't any available. As far as they're concerned, it's racist. So that that is it's a it's a projection of racism taking place on a very trivial level and then that kind of escalates to, to even higher degrees as well and and don't get me wrong um I'm, I'm not saying like black people are responsible for uh uh like subconscious ra uh, racism because yeah like white people they, they, like it, it happens to them as well it's, it's 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 kind of like a um like i think a lot of what we consider to be racism today is actually just like a form of if if, if we're talking um, subconscious racism anyway it's, it's like a form of psychosis in which history and the media have both kind of like forced people to see race in certain situations where it isn't necessary and with with the with the death of George Floyd again like that is a push that we have seen um not entirely sure where I'm going with this uh but in, so in in the wake of that like I said it has it like I'm gonna say, there's gonna be some some. Once this is kind of, I, I don't, I, I don't really want to dissipate. But once this is kind of settled on a level where it's kind of um, the effects of of the movement that we've seen of late as kind of set into like um, into the the mindsets of most people and some organisations, we will see some negative things through. Like there will be, hundred percent will be some more divide in certain areas. Especially, I, I want to say, in certain parts of the like the UK, for example. Like some parts where there's a lack, there's there's less diversity in some certain um, residential areas. They will, I think this will actually make it worse. Exactly. No, I, I I feel like at the same time, as though do that, it will also make it it will make it better in some areas too. I think that's that. I think that's literally going to come with it. I, I I think there's an illusion that it will make it better, but again, like I don't I don't actually think that um, on like a on a higher level, I don't I don't think black people are actually in control of this narrative that they're buying into. It's one that is primarily led. Again, like the D'Angelo's, if you will, by yeah. privately educated middle class social elite, and and like just go 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 into the oh shit, it's getting windy. Like the um, take the bookshop for an example, or any mainstream bookshop uh, that you like walk into in the UK. Yeah. Uh, every book, like n nearly n near enough, every book written by a black person is about race and discrimination. You you'd be mistaken to think that there's just no imagination there. Like nearly every single book, uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean books are by black people are read by other subjects. It just means those those are the ones that are probably more successful. Just like there was arguments said no, by no no no, 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 no. stories. The way that I see it is that you know the, these people will provide minorities and you know the poor with a platform if they speak about race. that they talk about being black and what it means to be oppressed, and and it, it doesn't just apply towards the bookshop as well. It's it takes place in Hollywood. It takes place. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say about Blue Story. The in, um, it takes place in like news media. So, like the Guardian is in, is another example. Is another example. 
they they appear to champion uh you know the cause of of black and minority people but yeah. in, in in reality it's nothing more than a fetish fetish a fetishization of those they consider to be below them and 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 something like um white fragility is like another way to look on it is essentially these people that are kind of admitting to being racist they're essentially just kind of uh they're essentially admitting to the to the belief that they are superior to you because you're black and i i need to i need to recognize my superiority and you know treat you as like a special cause because of my superiority that's essentially what this is but but people are buying into it uh unquestionably when they shouldn't be and and it's essentially they're, they're taking advantage of a lapse in the the black um kind of consciousness if like the the black collective consciousness if you if you will yeah um, people are being made to believe that you know the system is against them when in reality in this day and age i just don't think it is i don't think it is and 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 like to to, to touch upon george floyd um but do, do you think the the killing was do you, do you think it was racially motivated well this information has come out and from what you can see, like since people are going to make the judgment. From my perspective, I do feel like there was, um, in terms of looking at the person, obviously he was kneeling on him. It was regarded as less of a human being to him. Hence why he wasn't listening to his call. No, no, no. no wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't police brutality. We, we can all agree upon that. Was it racially motivated? Did 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 uh, Derek Chauvin kill George Floyd because he's black? This, this 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 is the thing of what you said about before, like who who on a subconscious level? How how do we how how do we come to conclusion? I would say yes. You would say no. All right. All right so so okay, you're, yeah. All right, you're saying yes, right? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say yes in in terms of what we've seen in the the police, the like in terms of, like this is this thing crazy. This is never actually in the UK. Actually, there there is there is similar things in the UK, but this is. What we've seen, and and that when the George Floyd thing happens, um, there was also the Brianna Taylor. There was the the um, what's it called, Aubrey, Ahmad Aubrey, and there was a, there was a few more in that time. It was it wasn't the George Floyd thing wasn't, it wasn't a singular case that sparked what yeah. happened. Yeah. It was all it was all together. Yeah. And and what about all the white people? Oh, about, okay, can you say the Aubrey one? Okay, I'm not. I don't want to distract you because I don't want to make you forget your, your George Floyd point. But would you say the Aubrey case was racially motivated because they saw a black person, they thought it was a burger, and they chased him down the street. Would you say that was racially motivated? Not really. Who is that? Aubrey, Ahmad Aubrey, the guy that was shot down while he was jogging. And did you not see the video? No. Oh, that happened in like January or February. And it took like uh, a month or something for them to even arrest the people that killed him. Right. Check it later, but it's Ahmad Aubrey. That happened in, um, I think it was like February, January. Then Brianna Taylor happened like, like I think March or something. And then, yeah. um, uh, and then uh, George um, Floyd happened just after that. So but, you, when you see all them together, I think um, it, so, it, that George Floyd's case was an amalgamation of all of them. That's why I, it all I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, white people are being unarmed. White people are being killed uh, brutally by police. Um, like actually, like the numbers are greater. Like more more white people are, are killed by. Yeah. I, did you know? I've seen this that thing. I've. Do you know? I've choose to kind of. Not even even when I was I, I remember in the last one of the episodes we were quoting stats and trying to to educate people and the reason why I avoided that stats of numbers is I've seen numbers that support different that support saying I've seen I've seen both yeah and I, I just don't know and when when I can't have a strong stance on it I just choose not to mention it I've literally seen numbers that support 
Every, like, everyone has come to me with a perspective. They've had numbers to support. Right. So, so like, how, can I, how can I have a perspective on it going, when going, I can't find yeah. going, going back to the George Floyd situation, what makes, you, yeah. what makes you believe that it was racially motivated? I just said everything encompassed together. And so this is, what I was saying. This, this is another thing. I wish I could get source from things beyond just the media because the media also have their own narrative. They do. Yeah. And that, that's, that's essentially what I'm saying is that this narrative is being created and pushed upon people. And again, do not get me wrong. History undoubtedly plays its part, right? Yeah. But now, like, the, the, there's no question that the response to George Floyd's death was uh, one of, uh, it, you know, it, it, it was made to do with race. However, there's, yeah. there, as far as I can tell from, like, the, the video evidence and, and the police officers that killed him, bear in mind one was Asian, one was African-American, yeah, yeah. two white people, um, there's nothing there that actually suggests that they went out of their way to kill him intentionally because he was black. But it was most definitely a case of police brutality that shouldn't have happened. But then, like, I know, like I said, if we're going to discount the numbers thing, because it can be argued, though, like, there's been white people in similar situations. Because I remember there was a video I did see, actually, of a white man that was actually, he was drunk. And instead of police being aware of him being drunk, they left him in a similar situation to George Floyd. They literally left him face down. And he, I think he ended up dying because he couldn't breathe. And people said that was also negligence. But it, they didn't kneel on him or nothing. He was just drunk. And they just, yeah. they didn't take him seriously. And it was, so I saw that video shortly after George Webb. So people can say, oh, similar situations may have happened to white people that there's, have died. Uh, in, in the uh, there's a video of a man called uh, Tony, Tony Timper. Yeah. And um, he actually, he called 911 because he was experiencing like a... Uh, Is like it a mental breakdown? Yeah, mental breakdown. And oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was in a hotel room in the middle of the. No, like no, a, it, wasn't, it wasn't that. It was um. It was it was outside. It was, the, the whole thing oh, was, yeah. it was. It was basically um, it, like pretty much similar situation to George Floyd. Like they they got yeah. him down. They were on his back. Um, he told them that they were going to kill him. Told them that he couldn't breathe. Asked for his mum, and then he passed out. And then the police officers were like making jokes about it, like because they didn't they didn't genuinely expect that he was going to die. So then they were there making jokes, and then like it's, it's all captured on uh, body cam as well. But then yeah. they come out that he's died, and then like the whole mood just kind of changes. Um, now, obviously, like that hasn't received the same attention that the George Floyd situation has. Uh, I mean, it's it's possible. I'm not saying it is, but it's possible that if Tony Timper was black, then people would have heard about it. Because that, because it, I'm not gonna lie to you to an extent too, but it was. But the, I keep saying this about George Floyd thing. It wasn't only George Floyd. It was the other cases and beyond that. But you, I guess it, you, it can be argued. And I've heard this argument saying the reason why they focus on all of these black deaths by police, um, by police officers, because they're trying to push the narrative. Um, but it's, it's, it's like I said, until I can see concrete numbers, then I can't really like I've, I've entertained that narrative, but I can't exactly go with it because I've just seen too many contradicting things to support that. But it, like it. Um, it, it can be argued. I, I, it, it 100% can be argued. But the George Floyd thing was not. I keep. I never look at George Floyd as George Floyd. And the crazy thing is, when that when that video actually came out, I remember someone shared it to me first. I didn't even watch it. I didn't want to know because I just said this. I've seen too many of this. And then and even like I said, beyond police brutality, we see police brutality all the time. But it's a bit weird to see someone that looks like me in that position. So I didn't even want to watch George Floyd. I just thought, oh, this is good. This is this is just how it, this is how it is in America. But a lot of people, the reason why I got some attention because a lot of people, in, especially, well, first of all, we're in lockdown as well, everyone has time, we're more conscious of these things. It was, it was a mixture of that as well because if, 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 there's another thing, everyone in lockdown, if this has happened, we would have focused so much. I think because everyone, you couldn't avoid it. 
So it, I think it was a mixture of lockdown, um, the anger that came from it, people lost their jobs. So a lot of people use this movement to champ to push that. People were frustrated with the government in the US. And then obviously all the black deaths. I actually don't fully think this was purely just because of George Floyd and the fact that he was black. That, trust me, that played a big part, but it was an argumentation of so many things, so many factors. Again, I, I do agree that history um, obviously plays its part in, in regards to people's reaction. But then that that is also, uh, you know, that that's what these people, that's what like the media take advantage of is the fact that they know that people are going to react a certain type of way based on history. Yeah, because it's going to get them numbers, clicks, and stuff like that. Yeah, and 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 not only that, again, like they get to control this narrative that essentially just divides people based on the color of their skin, when really and truly, like. You know, yeah, like things aren't perfect, but they're not as bad as they're currently, you know, that we're currently seeing. That's true. Wait, I want to get everyone's perspective on this. Honestly, this whole episode has been like very informative for me. That's why I've just been listening, just trying to have some information. However, I mean, you guys have spoken quite about quite a lot of different topics and different things about race. Yeah, race in particular. And I do agree with some stuff you're saying, some stuff you're saying as well, Kai. And I'm just, I'm, I have nothing to say. I'm just speechless right now, honestly. I can't, I'm just trying to process the information. I mean, I do agree with what Louis said when it comes to racism and how people look at you and you have to interpret are they being racist or not. Yeah. But at the same time as well, isn't that what's making it worse? If someone doesn't know they're being racist, but you call them racist all of a sudden, they feel like a bad person. However, they just, just don't know any better to begin with. So, yeah, that's my, that's my yeah, two cents. Can, can I ask you both, both, both of you this? So, could, would you have preferred that? Um, and please answer this honestly. Would you prefer that none of this happened? Let's say Joe was never killed. None of this happened, and this movement of consciousness, even though there will be some negative sides, like I said, there will be hundred percent divide. Because but before this, there was already divide. It's probably just gonna make the, the divide better. And I can say that might actually be a benefit because I would rather have people that are overtly opinionated. Hmm? Make the divide better or worse? No, I said no. It's just gonna make the divide even more prevalent. And I want to back that up by saying I would prefer someone that's a bit more overt with their opinion and stance on things than someone that's quiet and behind the scenes working against like my progression. Like, like yeah. I guess being targeted as a liberal. Again, like you know, these people who like Robin Robin D'Angelo, for example, she's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like she she is racist, you know, and she's just trying to cloak it in like. Oh well, actually, I'm I'm not racist. Well, no, I but she said she said she is. She said she's racist because I like I told you I watched the the seminars that she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't even herself. She says she, so she says that she is racist, but the, the the reason as to why she's doing that isn't to um, you know, it's it's not to fix the problem of racism. It's just to kind of to have power over people essentially. Like in in, in these activist groups, it's become a thing of and and bear in mind a lot of these activists they are very privileged privately educated middle class people themselves like and and you know they they from the ones that i've seen and interacted with they, yeah. they, they tend to be very resentful of the fact that they were brought up in such a privileged manner and then they resent other people who are also privileged but don't care about the fact that they're privileged and so okay. it manifests itself as like a need to to help those they consider to be below them i.e minorities and poor people but but in reality that sounds like a little fetish kind of thing where it just that's what it is that, that is literally what it is like as far as i'm concerned 
That's what they say. But then, but then the song said that some good can come out of that. But... Big, 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 big business. Oppression is expensive. The yeah. system, innit? Pardon? I think it's the system to keep someone thinking like a certain way anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I mean if, if, if you want to talk about systemic oppression, then, you know, you, you could actually say that this, like, what, what we're seeing, uh, you know, what appears to be help is, in fact, the form of systemic oppression that's actually taking place. I think it could be argued. I do, I 100% feel like it could be argued both ways. Which one would you prefer? Oh, no, no, wait, actually, I forgot to say both. I needed you to answer that question because you, 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 the question you just asked is similar to why I, I was going to ask. So I said, both of you, I want you to answer this honestly. Would you prefer that um, none of this happened, the George Floyd's death never happened, and that the, what has come from it didn't happen at all? Would you have just preferred the state score to happen not. before and we just carried on? Of, of, of course I'd rather it didn't happen. No, I'm saying, no, not George Floyd's I'm saying that, that what has come of it. So would you? So you would have preferred for us to just keep going the way we were going before yes. this happened, and just, yes. just accept the status quo. Over time, things would have essentially just worked themselves out. Whereas now, you know, with the push for people to to pay attention to race, we are now going to see more racism. Like there's just no getting around that. It's essentially like imagine imagine systemic oppression um, being like a stove, and like the stove is turned on. It's on like a high heat. You know, yeah. flame is it's essentially like representative of systemic oppression. That flame had been has, has been turned off, but the stove is still hot. And what we're seeing at the moment is an attempt to to turn that that flame back on. I feel like you're actually right. Gosh, I saw a video the other day of these guys. They actually took the actual Black Lives Matter banner, wherever. And instead, oh, you see, if I see you carrying this, we're going to shoot you. I took out that gun and started shooting the poster. So, to an extent, you are right that this, actually, this has created more divide in an extent. Whilst when people feel like, oh, because black lives matter, man lives doesn't matter, so they just end up eating black people for it. So, to an extent, this is working. Wait, wait, can you can you answer the question as well? Because I, I want to say something after about what we are, actually, what three of us have just I, done. I think there's something I, that three of us have just done that we need to be conscious of. But yeah. I feel like I'm happy. I'm wish it didn't happen. But at the same time, you said what came out of it. Like what? I, I mean, from what happened, apart from us coming together and protesting. Yeah. Laws. I mean, laws. I, I wasn't in the law changing. Deanna yeah, Taylor. Remember, we spoke about last podcast about the no knock warrant that stopped because they felt like it wasn't. It was a bit unlawful, and that was at the wake of Brianna Taylor's thing, and even um, George Floyd's officers being arrested. But all of this is linked to linked to the police brutality thing. I think actually, I want to answer the question. I want to speak about what I've seen change out of this thing because I'm I'm going to speak from the corporate world. I've seen changes happen beyond because of this. But I want to know: do you, would you have preferred that none of this kind of social kind of fighting happened and we just kept the status quo and then like Lewis said eventually we may have progressed would you prefer that or would you would you yeah. like, would you like to see what might come out of this uh, I wish I mean so, someone died didn't it I wish that never happened to begin with so yes I wish it didn't happen no what, no not someone died I'm saying what came out of this because the death is I'm not saying the death the death I'm saying the death wasn't just George Floyd's it was the it was augmentation of like I said before it was lockdown as all this if if George Floyd died Early in the year, when or if there was no lockdown, and if Brianna Taylor didn't happen, and if or Ahmad Aubrey didn't happen, what were you seen say would not have happened? This she, I'm, she wouldn't I'm be top teller. I'm mm-hmm. confused. So, are you saying? Sorry, I'm saying, so, would, you, so, I'm saying, saying would you prefer? Would you prefer? 
I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, because you said something. I'm, I'm, I was just trying to get you to understand why the to show your perspective why I think the George Floyd's death sparked all of this. And I said it's because of all of those. The combination is not just George Floyd. It's a combination of all those things. Would you have preferred that, um, like I said, none of that happened, and we just, and then eventually we, um, we sometimes we get change, or would you, would, would you like to see what might come out of this in the future? Because it's a matter of time. We don't know. It's a matter That's of time. Just, yeah. I wish none of it happened because someone got killed in the process of this happening. And Sam, Sam, in regards to what you're saying, like obviously I'm aware as to how some good has come from this. Yeah, I just don't think that long term, I, I think we'll see more bad than good. But maybe it will take, maybe it will take um, something bad to actually happen. You know, for for our generation in like to move forward, like where, where our generation has had things so easy and we're so entitled yeah. and we're so comfortable. Maybe it will take like um, you know, a real, a real like kind of threat of like potential war or, you know, like there's something bad to happen to make to make us appreciate what we actually have. In the first if place. I'm being honest, that's the kind of that's the kind of perspective that I share and what I've seen from this. And yeah, I, and, I, 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 been, I don't think the bad has actually really happened yet, but I, I think it's it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, I, I agree with that. No, but I do think that the bad the bad is starting to simmer. Like the situations we're seeing and. But people are going to obviously um, arrange together. Like, trust me, th- it's still to come. But at the same time as that is progressing, I've also seen changing. And this is what I'm talking about um, in history. I'm not in history. I mean, I'm in um in like because cor- I'm I'm coming from the corporate perspective, and also um, how this has influenced some people's positions and stuff like that, and how people are a bit more acknowledged now, and people are a bit more aware. And there's something that I think we're all doing. We're doing like I'm going to just call it like a spot. Like we'll put we we're both we we're having a spotlight perspective on the influence of this i mean on the effects of what just happened for example um you everyone mentioned like you mentioned the situations where there may be a divide and then everyone's mentioning this situation and i'm mentioning the positive what we all we're all highlighting little spotlight spotlight effects of of this thing and the only way we actually see the true effects of this is over time yeah, pro- and you're right yeah. progress is made in the back and forth of like, ideas i guess or discussions it's it's, and it's, that, yeah. it's never entirely one or the other. It's always uh, it's a it's, it's a tug of war, you know. Right. But but the problem the problem is is that when when things go too far one way, they end up going too far the other way, and that is where like real chaos kind of. Well, wasn't so. That's nothing. Have you not seen a change prior to this anyway? Like I, said, I fully believe what we what we saw now is. It, like keeps it's an amalgamation of things and a build of tension anyways on both sides there's there's trust people it can be argued in a run-up to like when was donald trump elected by the way 2015 i think 2015 there's there, yeah. ever since then I, there's been an argument saying that the right the the uh a bit more there's the, obviously there's i think there's like the, I'm, I'm not too versed on this but it's like the, there's the left there's the right and there's the people that are partially left partially right there's people that yeah. are far left and far right yeah. so there's been there's been um that's, I just want to break down so people can understand. There's been, and you can do your research into what left and right means. I'm not going to go into that now. But there's been uh, arguments and from around that time and even beyond that, there was already issues happening and that was making people quite angered. And then what, what came out of that is there was a lot of people winning from the far right, not even right, from the far right movements. So now I think um, that's that kind of added to what uh, we're seeing right now. Right, yeah? Far right currently um, yield very little power in regards to culture and politics. But people can say people can uh, people can class Donald Trump as far right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, and, and and he's quite powerful. So that's I'm just gonna say. And even like, I remember in the Netherlands, in oh, there was another part of Europe. There was a lot of parties that were 
normally regarded as far right, yeah. they were starting to gain a lot of tractions. Yeah. So I, I can see, that's why I said, do you know what's going to happen? Because they, they're actually kind of in positions of power right now. I feel like a lot of, because they, they, like I said, they're quite powerful. So a lot of negatives we may see come out of this may be spared on by them. And sometimes maybe indirectly because of the, the parties. The parties mm -hmm. It, it yeah. can be looked upon as like in response. So when one, one, when one side does one thing, the other side yeah. does something in response to it. And the perfect example of this is the pulling down of the statues, which again was orchestrated. Yeah, and to, to my knowledge, the, the, the toppling of the statues have been orchestrated by a privately educated middle class, for the most part, white elite, right? I could have told them beforehand that the toppling of the statues would cause the far right to come out and play. I could have told them that. Yeah. And, uh, but, but like, again, like they, the people that orchestrated the movement aren't the ones that are going to experience the racism in response to it because they're white and they're wealthy. However, the, the people that they're supposedly helping, they're the ones who are going to have to deal with the racism. And they're the ones who are going to look at fucking Gary with half a GCSE to his name and I think that he, he's, the, he's the enemy. When in reality, although I, I can, obviously I can understand as to why people would think, you know, these, these ignorant, overtly racist people are the enemy, but the yeah. reality is, is that the people who are um, appearing to help are the, the true enemy of, um, you know, blacks and minorities, if you will. Or some white liberals. Yeah, like, 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 bro, I, I interact with these people on an almost daily basis in the fucking bookshop. I, in, in the past two years, I've had, I've had about 10 people come in and complain about books on the shelf because they, they disagree with them. I've had about three come in and tell me to take a book off the shelf because it's written by a fascist. Like, can't, to, to, for somebody to come into a bookshop and tell someone to take a book off the shelf because it's written by a fascist is a very fascist thing to do. And need I say that the books that they were complaining about were not written by fascists. And, and again, it comes back to, you know, the terms racist and anti-racist. Those lines are blurred, are, are blurred. A lot of the anti-racists that we're about to see are in fact racists themselves. And that's, that's very important moving forward because as things get more and more polarized, we're just going to get angry at the opposition. It's, 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 it's like, you know, you, you know, you, you, you can look in, you can look underneath the sofa, you can look behind the sofa, you can look underneath your bed, you can look in the kitchen cupboards and drawers, you can go next door and fucking knock on your, on your neighbor's door, you could put a brick through his window because he's racist, therefore he deserves it. But don't you dare, under no circumstances, don't you dare take a look in the mirror because that's where the solution to the problem lies. And, and, and they, they don't want people to do that because they profit from peddling narratives of racial discrimination and oppression. People need to clean their rooms, bruv. Exactly. Like look, look in the mirror. That, that, that's, that's where the solution lies. It's, it's not out there. It's, it's not the racist white man doing this and that. It's, it's none of that. Like, again, we, we have the freedom and ability. And like, like bear in mind, like the education system isn't perfect, right? Like, obviously, the curriculum can be changed. I, I, I believe that it should just be reformed entirely, not because it's racist, but because it's shit. It's, it's just shit. Yeah, it's failed. Yeah. Um, it's outdated. And, and, and <laughs> that's been said for a few years. Yeah. But then again, it's, it's worth bearing in mind that we have access to the world's information. Nobody is preventing us from, from educating ourselves. We owe it to ourselves to educate ourselves. 
Remember the stuff I said about mentality. That's a thing we have to account for. You, me, real one may have that knowledge and that ability to educate ourselves. But, 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 but generally, generally don't they don't. So they they rely on the education but, system to get the education. But but we're too focused on 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 history and and how black people have been oppressed historically. We're we're not we're not focused enough on on the future and what we currently have available to us today. And and like the the. The black pound thing, like the that that in itself is like a representation as to the power that black people have amongst themselves. And I think yeah, the, more, the black pound day. more more of an awareness of that. And I, I saw the video of the guy that organised that, and he said when they did the last one, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think he said something around like twenty thousand pounds was spent in literally just a day on, like I said, black owned businesses that were supported that um that um yeah people supported that day and beyond that black pound day i've even seen there's a there's a um in the u.s there's a website called shop black owned that shows um by states all the black owned businesses in like i said in that state and there's another thing in the uk called shop black um there's there's so many there's even that the mm-hmm. direct the black direction all of this came after this so th- that's another thing that i want to highlight all of this came yeah some of this exists some of this existed before don't get me wrong some of this some of this existed and they probably got more of a spotlight that's another thing i've seen i've seen a spotlight to to people like a lot of business owned by people of color predominantly black uh, people after this like stuff that really existed or like for example to to, to switch points even the edward Cullen thing i don't know is it edward Cullen the the statue that was taken down yeah something uh, yeah i don't i don't I, I still like i'm not gonna say i, I i'm for or taking that uh, or against take well, that well, happening well, well, but, um, like nobody gave a fuck about the statues beforehand until they I saw something. I saw. I actually saw a movement. I literally yesterday. I was watching a video about people already speaking about this in 2018. Well, nothing came out of it. Yeah, they were saying about the schools. There was like people need to. This is this was actually like um. It was in, it was in Bristol. There was a Bristolian. She she was um. She was. I think she was part of the council. It was on. I can't find it right now, but I think it was it was on a something called TRT, like a network. They spoke. They they interviewed someone from the US and someone from Bristol about. The names of schools and they, they literally what we see now. This has already been discussed various times, but nothing. It never amounted to anything. But I think people off the back of this movement, people took upon themselves to actually act on it. It's like everything that we see now has been discussed prior. But then some people may use this, like you said, to support, like to for further a narrative they do have. But everything we're seeing today has been spoken about prior. Um, and as far as far as the the focus on history thing, I do think we shouldn't always be stuck in the past because even with life, you won't move if you're always regressing and stuck in the past. But at the same time, like you you, you acknowledged earlier, we can't discount that some of the the infrastructure things we're seeing today is a result of stuff that happened in the past. But that doesn't mean we can't move forward. I just want to add that point to it. Mm-hmm. And and but uh, again, like I just I, I, I don't even want to talk. I'm trying to bite my tongue. I'm trying to bite my tongue. I agree. With you, <laughs> I agree with what you said. Um, Ruan, you were going to say something though, um, in regards to what Lewis said earlier. Yeah, I forgot. I'm going to play. I didn't forget. Okay. I mean, I mean, on what Lewis said about, yeah, like, even though we can't always blame the system, like, even when you talk about mentality, whatever, like, we have access to the internet, like the white man. So we can actually take, go out, you can actually do things ourselves, go out there, seek the information, knowledge, and do things for ourselves. Like, even the other week, and I put Marco's. Garvey, I can't say, I can't pronounce this. Is yeah. it Garvey? Or yeah, Garvey? yeah, yeah, it's Garvey. Yeah, Garvey. So when I, I mean, even just listen to one of his speeches, it was saying basically saying, by the way, you can't always, basically black men can't always blame the system. Like you have access to, to, to knowledge. You have access to a library. You have access to internet. Yeah, we're, you still, we're all you know. even better than like 99% of human history. 
Like we, there, there has never been a better time to be alive than right now. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, as I'm not everyone. I mean, Lewis, you said, "Can you?" What do you say? There's never been a. There's never been uh, a better time to be alive than right now. As a what? As a human, we're fucking. We we, we have so much freedom afforded to us. I just want to understand the point. I thought you said something else. Mm. So uh, yeah, so we have access to it. Everyone, everyone else talking about all these rich billionaires. A lot of them studied in this country, started a business in this country, they take to Africa and then make it into something bigger. So we can't, the system isn't all stacked. I mean, the system is there, but it's not stacked, it's not stacked against black people. And we can't always talk about representation. A lot of, that's, I think that's, that's why a lot of black people go into music and entertainment because it's the same of black people in those roles. Yeah. But if we, if we do our research, there are black people in business, black people in different roles in life that, and they make a lot of money from it. So in Parliament as well. You're a black politician. Yeah, we've got a few. Yeah, we've got a few. We, we need more, though. We need, we need more black teachers, more black people in politics. Yeah. But, that's, but, just but that is speaking of representation. In order to in order to get more awareness of that, like I said, even me, I have to actively, I have to actively research it, which, like I said, we, we do have the ability to do that, but I have to actively look to to see, yeah, like I said, just, and I always say this, it's not always, I, I do, obviously, I'm going to come from seeing a black person there, but it's just about diversity in general, even like sex and stuff, because you can't just have a certain archetype in 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 all these positions, is it has to be a diversity of sex, a no, race no, of no, background no, to represent. Wait, 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 does there have to be though? That's the question. Like, yeah, because yeah, because how can one? How can this? But, but, but what, what people are looking? Yeah. What if, for example, like, what if um the reason why there aren't many male nurses is because men tend not to really their their temperament isn't suited towards being a nurse. It's it's, it's not because there's a, a matriarchy in place where they're preventing men from becoming. Mm. It's just the fact that men aren't interested in becoming nurses. But you can't say only white men are interested in leading countries or being in positions of power. Yeah, uh, no, and and the, the nurse thing can be valid, but like for example, even New Zealand has a a female prime um, what's it called prime minister, and there's those, there's other countries where you can say, like I said, I'm talking beyond just race. I'm saying sex and representation. You can't just say that a white male are the only people that can be in this position of power because that nurses is valid, teachers is valid. All these, all these other issues are, are, are valid. Where like, um, even like, um, athletes, athletes and stuff like that. You can, you can, you can argue that sometimes some people are better suited for that. But when it comes to position of power and the fact that anyone can amass that knowledge and have that ability to, you can't really say only, like I said, like only a certain archetype can be in those rooms because that is a av- that should be available to anyone that can. It I is, guess can it is available to anyone though. It is that. That's my point. It is available. We just have to fucking work for it and get there. In due time, we will. But then, are you going to say at the moment that that like if you're going to do an analysis, I actually said there's a there's a breakdown of it in in globally. Are we going to do an analysis to say why there's only a certain type of people leading, like some certain countries or or even like certain businesses where the people they're leading are quite diverse, but only in the in the boardrooms or the people that make decisions they all look the same. If you know what I mean, when when they're leading people they're quite diverse. Yeah, diverse, like, like Nike for example, like the the boardroom is like entirely white. But then, obviously, a lot of their athletes and yeah. the people that buy their trainers even are black. I think someone said that, so that's like a modern slavery uh, plantation. In, in due, in yeah, I saw that was quite funny. That's uh, Andrew. Yeah. In, in due yeah. time, black people will get to them positions, and and not only will they get to those positions, they'll also create their own positions because again, yeah. they have the freedom. I, I, I very support yeah. And like I said, it's not only about black; it's about representation, women, all of this stuff. Like, I keep repeating that because. 
have to understand this issue. Even if you did just get black and white, then there'll be the issue of, okay, why is there only men there? There's no way. Then, then again, like going to intersectionality, it becomes a thing of like, all right, well, why is everyone a certain height? Or why is everyone, you know, um, what about trans representation? Like, you, you know, yeah, yeah, even that as well, yeah. look out for our, our black women or whatever. That, that's now kind of being replaced by, oh, we need to look out for black trans people because they, they're even more, more oppressed than women. Yeah. But again, it, like within these, within these activist type groups, the, the, the less privilege you have, the more power you have. And, and that, yes. that's essentially what it is. Like Wait, what do you mean, what less privilege, more power? So again, like if, if you're a straight white man, you have all the yes. privilege. And yes. so, you know, as far as society is concerned, you have the power. But as far power. as activist groups are concerned, if you're a straight white man, then you are the oppressor. And therefore, like... You'd be a bad person, basically. Yeah, like, again, going to white fragility is, is if you don't conform, you're racist. Racist. And, and I, would say, I would say the point of view, that's, that's come out of this shift. That's authoritarian. It's, it's, not, it's not safe. Like, if, if we're going to see that take place um, within the culture at large, then there's going to be there's going to be a response to that, and the response is not going to be good. Uh, yeah, so I, I like so there's there's definitely going to be some sort of retaliation, and if we're going to class it as like, I, I don't I don't even say the right the like far right anyways because of just because you're far right doesn't mean you're, you 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 necessarily going to respond. But I'm saying there's definitely going to be a reaction to to what we're seeing. So um, what do we actually want? Like if you say what, like what's the, like, I don't think, I don't think that question can be necessarily answered. I don't think that question can be answered because, like I said, with this, it has to come with time. Because I just think people just because everyone you can't you, what I want, what you want, be different. That 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 question is very very broad. We just yeah, have to see what. What okay, very okay. It's a very broad question, but what okay, you cry. What will you want at the end of this? Whatever this going on, whatever is going on right now. I don't. I just wanted, like I said, the the change that's come from this. I just, I'm I'm gonna be more for the positive change that's come from this, like people being more aware. But and so to call you off. Sorry. Also about the black businesses. Why does it always have to be some bad actors for us to come together and support each other? I think. Do you know? I think. I fully think good things have been happening before. We're just not aware of it. Just like the fact that I said we're not aware that people. Uh, there is some representation in certain rooms because it, we just it's either we don't we don't search for it or it's not the spotlight is not shine shone upon it. So it's, it's to do with that. There's, there probably was other black pound days or something before this time, but we never actively looked for it. But because it just like it, there wasn't just awareness raised around there. The, the, the media, the media definitely plays its part. But again, yeah. what what we see from left wing media is a narrative of oppression and this and that. But again, this is. I mean, is, is, is that reality? Like, I, I look around at all of the people around me. Um, most, most of them are black. They all, every, everyone seems to be doing good. And I'm, I'm, I'm here supposed to be believing that the system is, is trying to fight against them and this and that. Like, even if I look at my own family, for example, the black side of my family are wealthier than the white side of my family. But yeah, if, if I was to solely just look at the media, I'd be under the assu- assumption that, you know... Our blacks are broke. <laughs> people out here just, like... Doing all sorts. Mm. I'm never gonna lie. The other day as well, I was watching how this, how this old Black Lives Matter is being portrayed in China, and the basically the clips they're showing in China of this destruct of the destructiveness going on, not even caused by Black people. By uh, is it is it Antifa's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. anti-fascists who are fascists. Anti-fascists, yeah. So they weren't making the destructions. However, when they show these videos in China, they're showing Black people 
has been a destructive once, not the bike thing that should destruction. Because that's supposed. Um, remember, remember I spoke about the lady, the person that I lived with that came from a different country, and she had that opinion. That's that's an example of how you can that's get what to I'm that. But do you blame for that? Do you blame? The media, or do you blame the people there? So it was the media, hundred percent the media, because of is the media that had the ability to cover something, but they will only cover or put things out that support the narrative that they want to put. So when you meet someone from a different country and they've never met a black person, and I don't know about a black person when they see movies and TV shows, then who's the real racist then? Wait, say, say that again, sorry. So if if you meet a person that's never met a black person, yeah, and only know about black people is what is on media, yeah, and TV shows and movie. So who's the real racist? Is it the person showing them these videos or the person that doesn't know any better? Yeah, I, I, I would say it's the person controlling the narratives. As, yeah, okay. as, as for the person that's never met a black person before, again, like there, there has to be a level of understanding there that, okay, I understand that this is all you've seen of my type of people. Like, again, it's, it's just a, it's, it's an understanding, you know? Yeah. And, and like I said, in that situation, you understand something doesn't necessarily mean you agree with it. And that gets lost today. Like people think that you know, if, if, if you're kind of putting a, putting a point across or opinion, people, I, I, there's just no, there's no room for um, nuance or, or understanding. Yeah, yeah, that, that gets lost in, in today's day and age, especially within like the social media world. Um, I'm never going to, even to talk about our group chat, like when you've had your opinions, I don't know, I don't know, but I've tried to listen to you more than then what's it called? I, obviously, I've given my opinions, but I try to still listen to you, you know what I mean? But, yeah. like, we, we can even speak about our group chat where there's diff- a different opinion, there's, there's a lack of, um, just just being patient to, to hear what you have to say. Um, but um, I, I just think, like I said, I, I do think as a result, when you're really passionate about something, it, it takes o- it takes over, and you, you like, the logic just goes out the window. Yeah, very emotion, emotion gets involved. You think okay, so in terms of that, I want to ask you another thing. So I've seen this scenario with certain people. Like obviously, like I do think it's it's a personal thing, but there's something about um, that I've heard of when oh, I don't have to call it. But let's say, let me give you a scenario because I've spoken to people about this where they say sometimes the issue with having a wild world opinions because some people first of all don't they don't really travel or don't leave they don't leave um, or even entertain other things than what they know. For example, if you're if you were born somewhere, they'll literally stay in that same town they won't they may even end up dating like someone they went to school with you know what i mean they don't, yeah. they don't try to do anything else than what they know yeah, and that's, that's, that can that's, be like it's not like a truman show kind of thing yeah that's pretty much how most people lived like 50 to 100 years ago whereas now like the internet's just kind of opened up the world to uh it's a different space i guess it's made the world would you, would you say some people still live there like have you seen that have you seen that film called i think it's called a truman show yeah 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 where everything's like, kind of controlled, everything was like fixed in, in like the way it was from the day he was born till the day he realized like it's almost not an illusion, but essentially yeah. like it was there was more to life than he knew. But it, he, he, uh, his eyes were open. Yeah. It's possible that we are living in something quite similar to that. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? Is it because I've heard Elon Musk say something like that as well, like the simulation hypothesis? But then when does that where does that come from? Because of yeah, I, I, yeah. Philosopher called Nick Bostrom. Yeah, uh, I think he's at like Oxford or Cambridge, one of them. And he basically states that uh, one of three things must be true, and that's. Um, I think the first one is something like human civilization will, or te- technological advancement will reach a point in which 
Um, we run simulations that are indistinguishable from reality. Yeah. Uh, the second option is that we reach that point, but we decide not to do it because we believe it'd be immoral to do so. And then the third option is that we end up killing ourselves before technology can get to that point. Mm. And you said either either could possibly happen. Yeah, he just says that one of three must be like is probably must be true. Um, and then the the first one, if 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 like we um if we do reach a point where you can run ancestor simulations that are indistinguishable from reality, then the chances are is that we're already in such simulation. For <laughs> That, that's gonna be mad. <laughs> when you once you try to understand that it's um or even entertain that that being a possibility, it it gives it gives weight to to that point. You know what I mean, because that could literally be a thing. What's yeah. the second one again? It really could be. Uh, the second one is that we decide not to um we decide not to do it because because of ethics, basically. But ethics hasn't ever stopped humans from fucking doing bad shit before so i doubt that second one will be because in terms of even for that financial gain of of being the first to to unlock new things i that's a motivation to keep going forget ethics i i I think that yeah i I, the second one may be not void but there's a high chance that the way we operate like capitalism and always trying to like i said evolve in new things will will that that second one will kind of happen you know what i mean yeah, like c- capitalism drives yeah. innovation. Yeah, so for the for the for the for, for the um the hope for more innovation, they will. Why would you stop? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it hasn't stopped humans before. So, um, that's a that's a real possibility. And the third one again. So I'm just trying to unlock things. I've heard this. I've heard this a few times, but I've just never really entertained it. Like I said, even when Elon Musk says this kind of stuff, have you seen it as well? Sometimes when he even talks about this kind of things, it actually affects the stock of his company. Yeah. <laughs> And even that's another thing to go into. Like, I don't like, but it's just, it's just it, but, cause I always say, does that, does that show that the stock market is just based on actions of people? It's, it was not actions of people. It's based on almost like hearsay. That makes sense. It's not actually something substantial. It's always if, if, if there's a, like uh, an opinion or feeling of something's going to happen, then that actually sways the way the stock moves. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all, all those things are like, just, they're, they're just, they're just quite interesting. Um, what was the third one again? Uh, we end up destroying ourselves before we can get to that point. Mm-hmm. That's a real possibility. <laughs> some, I, that's like some iRobot stuff. I mean, if we're in it anyway and we end up destroying ourselves, then it doesn't necessarily matter because... There's another one running. Yeah, like, it's, it's already... Like we, we, we can get much deeper into this. No, but then that, that thing is endless. Because like I said, it, when you're talking about... it's Because I, 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 right now it's kind of theoretical. We're saying this could happen. We haven't seen... Well, I don't know. I've I don't really see. I haven't seen anything to substantiate any of those three points you brought. I've like not like not fully. So you can always like you may say something. I could always have like something to oppose it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, but you you can kind of see everything. Ruan, what have you seen on that? Because I know you follow Elon Musk. I know about his simulation because it could be in one and just what we're going for right now. And also, we end in ourselves. Like we humans actually killing each other. That's not far off. Just what's going on right now. Just war. Countries fight each other, so there's a possibility we might be in a simulation right now, or we might just end up killing ourselves in the future, and that's unavoidable. Just we can't coexist in this on the same planet, so there's a chance that's going to happen. I mean, I haven't got. I mean, I've seen that in. I've seen the interview with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. They were talking about we humans being in a simulation or going to Mars. I mean, I do believe it to an extent because 
But isn't it con- is Mars? What? Is it is it even possible to do that to Mars? I mean, from what you said, so they can. It's possible in the future. I mean, in the far future, I don't know about now, but I mean, in the far future, it's, it might be possible. Yes, but also, it's not always. Who's going to be on Mars? Is it going to be everyone on Earth, or a select few are going to Mars? I know, I know, I like question. Virgin. I don't know if it's Atlantic. No, there's a, there's a company that Virgin and obviously um, Elon Musk, SpaceX have set up where they're trying to get people to go to the moon. Like they're trying to make it feasible the way yeah. that you can get planes. It's uh, space um, tourism, isn't it? Yeah, what's the yeah. I think it's called Virgin, Virgin Galactic? That's it. Yeah, you're right. Richard Richard Branson's having a bit of a hard time with that. There's um Jeff Bezos as well. He has a space company called I think it's Blue, Blue something. Blue something. Blue something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I've heard of that. So I think those three are the ones that are kind of progressing, or they have the most investment that it that is actually feasible. But I think at the moment, Elon Musk one, SpaceX is the most as has made the most um is is, is more, more far ahead basically. That yeah. as in they, they actually have a couple of rockets that can have actually been successful in flights compared to like NASA, where is it not? I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, compared to NASA, where they have to spend millions of of like of, of money like to at least make a, a rocket be successful i think um spacex have done it in a more affordable way which is more feasible but yeah um besides that kind of stuff i think, I think we're lucky to be alive uh, at the same time as elon musk because for somebody to for somebody's life goal yeah for somebody's life goal to be to colonize mars that's just like, and, and the fact that he's working towards it as well, like he's, he's not just dreaming it, he's not just saying it. Yeah, he's heavily invested. working towards colonizing Mars. That is, um, that's just quite incredible, really. That's true. And it's, I mean, they put a lot of money into it as well, SpaceX. That's amazing. Do you think we'll see it in our lifetime, though? We might, when we're like 80 yeah, or something. I, I kind of think that um, space exploration is quite pointless. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything outside of like outside in space and i think um like going back to the simulation thing yeah i think it's likely that we end up kind of creating something that we end up like going inside as opposed to outside like like interstellar basically i've seen a movie no i haven't seen it but wait but wait wait so but isn't isn't their goal saying one of their goals is like we humans are polluting that earth and that you know what i mean as in like the way we're moving is not it's not, we can't maintain it. It's not sustainable. Like, even you see all the pollution, like, and stuff. So they're trying to say, like, I don't know, I've, I've seen it from more Virgin. I don't know about Elon Moscow, but from Virgin to make sure, like, beyond just being able to travel there, to somehow set up a little weird base there. Yeah, yeah. And I just started watching this show called Sta- Sto- Snowpiercer. Uh, is it called Snowpiercer? There's a, it was based on a movie that was released a few years ago where basically, yeah, Snowpiercer. Um, so it's a, it's a new show on Netflix, and it's based on a movie where basically I think the Earth was basically um, so like so polluted that it was unmanageable to live anymore. So the scientists did something; they ended up freezing the universe, and everyone literally. Um, then this kind of event had made uh, a train that went around the world, where it was the only basically that's the only place people could t- live on. So basically, everyone from different classes, such as the rich, the poor, and middle class, had to live on this train that went around the world, and everyone else basically died um, because we polluted the we polluted the earth and it was not sustainable to live on there. And I think they were kind of following the same kind of thing where they wanted like kind of find a way for us to be able to leave earth and set up on the moon or somewhere else in case earth does become polluted. So isn't that, wasn't that their goal from what you've seen? What, uh, Elon Musk's goal? 
goal or the environmentalist goal? No, I've seen it from Virgin's goal. That's what, that's one of the things I saw from why Virgin even trying to do this. I don't know about Elon Musk because he's just more exploring. I don't think Virgin really cares though because Virgin on their own ferries and stuff and train. Those are very, very iron pollution transport, form of transport anyway. So I don't think Virgin cares a lot about environment. I think it just came out about going to space yeah. compared to Tesla and Elon Musk. So, yeah, I don't think Virgin cares about environment. Maybe they didn't do, but I haven't seen proof that actually care about environment. But I just thought they wanted to set up base there. Like I said, because we are eventually, if we keep going the way we're going, especially we have people that don't even believe in global warming and all those kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be going to be a time where it's not sustainable anymore. Um, if, we go to, if we go to a different planet, we just, will the same thing just happen? Because humans never learn. They say God to a different planet trying to do the same thing they did on Earth. But this stuff happened, like, the, the way we pollute the Earth is over, like, centuries. I think that, like, regardless yeah. as to whether or not we pollute the Earth, like, the Earth yeah. is going to continue to spin. Um, yes. Whether or not, like, as humans, we'll be able to inhabit Earth in the future, that's a different question. But, I've, like, really and truly, I think, I think we're, we're um, far more insignificant than what we give ourselves credit for. Like, we feel important, but we're not. That's true. Sorry, I, said, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> You say you saying humans insignificant, and you're you're finding that funny because it's true. <laughs> okay, can, I want to see it's true. I want to understand both your perspectives on that because I don't I don't necessarily share that opinion. So I want to know what do you mean? So in terms of insignificant, like yeah, are you saying because you know like when they say um what do they call it like the whole what's that what's it called the space at like the universe? There's a, there's a word they always use in the movies like the whole system. I'm not I don't I'm, for lack of a better word I'm just gonna call it a system because I can't I can't remember the term. But they always say in the whole social some not social the whole space system something like that there's a we're literally like a little blip because when you look yeah. at it, like there's a word you know there's, there's a word for it i can't find a word but a little, a little speck in assistance yeah something like or whatever that. it's called but yeah they, so is that is that where you two are come from saying like once you look at it overall like what are we because there's, there's, there's different earths somewhere else <laughs> i mean that's relevant i mean i'm coming from the perspective of i'm i mean that, i think what you're talking about is relevant to time because that time on Earth is really like, an average get like 70, I don't know, I haven't got a mass, but an, an average live for like what, 70 years on Earth. So your time on Earth is, I mean, going to time in existence, a very short, a very, very small amount of time. But when it, from my perspective of humans being, I feel like, okay, I'll ask you a question. When you look at like an animal, what do you think sets you apart from an animal? Like maybe like a cockroach or something, or a dog. What do you think sets you apart from those animals? I think it's like self-awareness and uh, intelligence. Okay. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So if you take those three, if you take those two away, what does that make you? Does that make you less? Does that make you less human, or does that make you less relevant? Ah. You're saying we're not self-aware. We're basically animals. I mean, I'm asking you a question. We are animals. Exactly. Um. Ah, wait. What, what was the question? Sorry. No, I said if you if you, if you take away the emotions. And the consciousness and the being being mm. smart. I mean, human attributes. If we take those things away, does that make you less significant compared to other creatures? I, I, think, I think it's a it's a question of meaning. And like okay. as as humans, we um we like in, in order to survive, we assign meaning to certain things. Okay. It's it's okay. how we navigate through the world. Um, I, I I can't really talk about it without going into like psychedelic religion. Like and that. religion and stuff like that. Without going into what, Lewis? Sorry, I said you know. Psycho what? Psychedelics. Okay, go on. That's so insane. What, why does that have to link to 
why does it have to link to meaning? It does. I thought, me. I thought it was just more like, no, I, no honestly, I'm being serious. Like, why, why, does, why does that link to meaning? Because surely I would think it's something like religion or, like I said, the way we give meaning to things. Like, the, the, when, 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 when you take like certain psychedelics, um, your ego essentially like dissipates and then you come to realize that like you aren't what you think you are. But like the reason why you think you are what you are is because that's how you're navigating through the world. Like that's how you're surviving. Why like, can't you have that sort of like mindset without psychedelics? That's what because I've, I've heard this before. I just want to say why is it? Why can't you have that sort of awareness and enlightenment without that? Oh, why can. Is it, what, yeah. uh, psychedelics are kind of like a cheat code uh, to getting you there faster. So, so, are you saying is it is it necessary? Is it necessary? Uh, I mean, Go on, go on, I mean, I feel like it is to an extent because I feel like just based on what I've seen as well, a lot of, even religion as well, a lot of religion we follow was started on the base of using psychedelic, like, like yeah. Christianity and stuff. So a lot of, and even just even, even innovation came from psychedelic. So it, to an extent, like you always say, there's a shortcut to getting there. So, so we've spent their whole life getting there. But however, this can be done in, in the next couple of months or hours. If that makes any sense. So yeah, it, it helps quite a lot just yeah. when it comes to opening your mind. Mm. So you remember seeing something about a guy that started some sort of little cult thing, and it was to it was to do with psychedelics, and he literally believed he was God. Oh, you're <laughs> on about um, is it Timothy Leary? What's his name again? Timothy Leary. I think that's it. Cause I remember seeing it, reading about it. Um, yeah, a, few... a whole kind of like hippie movement like in the 60s it was led by uh, harvard university professors like one in particular uh, i think he was a psychology professor timothy leary yeah, and yeah, they, were American psychologist. It, they were doing um like research scientific research on the effects of like lsd and psilocybin yeah. mushroom okay. um and it, it basically just got out of hand to the point where timothy leary just kind of like he just went crazy with it and just started giving like all of the students like LSD and he was encouraging them to like drop out of university. I, th- I think the slogan was something like um tune on, tune in, uh, drop out. Yeah, turn on, tune in. Turn drop. on, yeah, turn on. Um, and then yeah, like through the use of uh, it's, it's basically like hippies that created uh, personal computers, and yeah. the way we went about doing that was was uh, assisted. By the use of psychedelics, even Steve Jobs took psychedelics. Yeah, he Apple, so I feel like we should add a disclaimer uh, to say that, like, I do not condone this stuff. Yeah, is that makes it because I, I'm like, I can't relate to things both of you, but I'm just, it's just interesting to hear both of your perspectives on this. After, um, if you're gonna do, make sure you do your research. Um, yeah, and that there is actually a lot of uh, scientific research taking place at the moment. And it all seems to be quite positive, um, especially uh, with like psilocybin, like the yeah. ingredient in uh, magic mushrooms. Uh, so what they're finding out at the moment is that, like one one result, for example, is that um, it has a eighty percent. It's something like eighty percent success rate um, of uh like defeating addiction yes that use it under the right circumstances um yeah, yeah i don't know it's, it's uh it's quite interesting 
I mean, do you, do you know who Tim Ferriss is? I mean, of Tim Ferriss. You know, yeah. you know who Tim Ferriss is, Kai. Did, didn't he write a book? I remember he wrote a book. Yeah, he, he didn't write a book. He did, he did like a seminar with investors, doctors in America. It was, I think it was done by Tim Ferriss. So he put a lot of people together, investors, business yeah, people, doctors. And they were talking about legality. Do you have to make psychedelics more in the industry? If you should stay legal or should make it legal in America? And basically the argument was, do they make it legal or illegal? And to counter the argument, they thought they can create like a little clinic where people can go in for the weekend. So that way, it can, it can be they can be in a very controlled environment when it takes like delics, basically. And that's 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 that end, basically. Because right now, yeah, if you take too much of it, you can abuse it. But if you take micro, if you microdose, you'll be okay. Because there's a woman that spoke about actually microdose for the last few years, and uh, our life has changed, and she's more creative. I think she's a writer actually. And she writes more. So, yeah, oh, can, I say that? can I That's the point. We're human. You say micro. What's the guarantee that, oh, if this doesn't exist, what's the guarantee that people can feel this enlightenment and do it responsibly? Yeah, responsible, responsible with it. Because you said micro is probably the best way, but you, you've seen how we, our people are, even with um, things like marijuana and that stuff, that like you see another source of drug, even alcohol to an extent. Human just we just mm. consume a lot and overconsume it, and that's where you don't get to. I'm not even I'm not comparing alcohol to what you you guys are talking about. I'm just saying from human habit, like that's the dangers with this stuff. I'm just giving a different opinion that how you you may have this enlightened view because it can obviously like you like I said both of you have said this, but the danger is always there for people to overuse it and then give it a bad image, just like any other things out there. Yeah, that, that's a, that's essentially what happened in the '60s. So they yeah. enforcement cut down on it. Uh, research was was stopped like due to the abuse. Um, it's it's kind of like anything in life, like just it's balance, right? Like, and you said it was the guy that that championed the movement that yeah. actually ended up overusing it. The yeah. guy that was meant to read. Like, I just see, I see that he wrote. He's wrote loads of books. He's wrote like six, but probably even more, all, all around the nineteen sixties. And yet he ended up being like a, a product of what he was trying to kind of enlighten people about. So yeah, yeah, like it kind of just like if I'm going to listen to the person that kind of championed this, and then I see that how he ended up. It just puts you off it to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, but he abused it. That's what happened. And also, when you take this, when you take all this, like, psychedelic stuff, if you take too much of it, you can actually lose touch with actually reality. So, at the same time... You rewire your brain. Do you, not rewire your brain. I mean, do, with anything, like, do you think... You can. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of these books. Literally, one of these books is called Change Your Brain. Your Brain is God. The Politics of Ecstasy. <laughs> Like literally, I'm looking at his book titles, so I, I'm understanding what does a woman, what do women want? Why is he writing a book about what do women want? Anyways, but it's just I'm seeing loads of this guy. Yeah, he's explored. I've, I'm seeing a theme in his books. They're touching on different points of life, like literally touching on everything to do with life. Yeah, but on what you said as well, some some psychedelics you can't take them that often, just based on the experience. Like, if, for example, ayahuasca, you can't take that. We can't drink that every morning. Like, 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 you can't even microdose an ayahuasca. That, that would trick you. That's like a, that's a, that's a trip of its own. And oh, even ayahuasca, it's like, isn't, isn't ayahuasca similar to, I, I used to do my research as we're talking right now, something called DMT that I even want to talk about that later. It is. Yeah. Another from a psychedelic as well. Yeah. So you can, it's something you can take that often just based on the vision you see. So some psychedelic, you can't, you actually can't abuse them because they're almost scary. Yeah. So like, no, they, they don't tend to be addictive. What do you, what do you, um, look, I, so I can, I just something I want you to both touch upon because this is like something I've heard before 
you both like you i don't know lewis has mentioned it but Ro, you mentioned something about scary because obviously like you did say the positive stuff about being enlightened and kind of stuff should we i, I don't want to really explore this because i've over the years of growing up like even for uni so i've heard this stuff be discussed and the, the crazy thing is i've heard it's been discussed by just like like i would consider just like one of like people that i went to uni with as well as people that like um, professors people that are quite knowledgeable so i've heard different types of people from different social circles talk about what you two are talking about right now so i've seen that it's prevalent um and the thing you lot spoke about is you said it's enlightened you but then isn't there the possibility that it can also scar some people mentally because the things they may see let's say they're in a bad mental state let's say there's a loss in their family how can that possibly affect them because it shouldn't it definitely can that's why we should make it clear that we are not uh, condoning the use of these drugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that they're, they're, um, okay. they're, not, they're not. They're not something to be taken lightly. Like yes, um, I don't condone the use of any drugs, but I'm just going to say that for as well. I'm just saying I just want people to listen to this and see have knowledge is power in it. That's why we even have this conversation with people that are quite knowledgeable about it. Knowledgeable about it. Um, yeah, and there's some, wait. There's something I want to mention quickly. So you know the DMT thing. Mm-hmm. I, there's a quote here from someone that took it. So scientist says, DMT trip feels like dying and scientists confirm it. And then this woman speaks about her experience. Of it. She says, my eyes were closed, but there was so much going on that it was really hard to focus. Um, th- there was one image that I remember. I've seen loads of books opening and closing. And it was like a rainbow was shooting at them. Yeah, th- like the, even the, the <laughs> it's just like, that's it. I'm just seeing um, the, the whole experience she just described. just seems like it's like, it's like your, their mind is everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, it it kind of comes back to the whole simulation kind of idea. But like, I'm I'm just trying to. The only thing I would say is because I like to I like to be quite not liberal but quite um diplomatic about things. So I I want to hear the benefits. I I like when someone says something. I want to know the benefits and the like the, the pros and cons essentially of things and see why people maybe for or against it. So everything you lot are saying, I'm just thinking in a more broad view of it. But like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to see that. I, I still, I still don't think everyone should do it. Because I, I, because even for my experience, so even growing up, like I've seen people do some things and they just like change them as a character. If that makes sense, not always for the good. So that's something that I'm quite, and I've, I've seen this at a very young age as well. I think that's I, okay. That's that's why I think that's why I'm very, um, not or, or how can I call it, not very strict. But I think I've grown up because I've been. Expanded. Yeah, very conservative with this, these things. And, I, and I'm still going to, I feel like I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Because I just think when I was young, I was just exposed to someone that I was close to, like being exposed to something similar and just it just changed their character. And then from that day, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be very careful of this. It's the sensible thing to do, right? Is to just not do it. Like, yeah. Not, yeah, it's not for everyone. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, so we've come to the part of the show um, where I just wanted to ask, yeah, what has what, um, everyone been listening to in their playlist? Like, you have to name three songs. Um, that you've been listening to this week in your playlist. All right, so uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three, uh, three, three songs from Fella. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> the first one is I Go Shout Plenty. The second okay. one is Teacher Don't Teach Me Nonsense. And the third one is uh, Zombie. I feel as if they're all... Oh, wow. Zombie is a big song. Zombie is a big song. Right. Wow, you like okay. Fella? I didn't know you like Fella. Big, big fan. You need to talk, man. You need to smoke some time. I need to talk to this guy, you know. <laughs> big fella fan as well. Mad. Respect, uh, bro. Well, let me quickly say mine. So mine is um Division. I've listened to their new album, Amusing Her Feelings. So it's um I've listened to the the my the one song from the album is called um Outlandish. Um 
which is quite good. And also, B Young dropped a new track called Catch Me Outside. <laughs> Don't ignore the title, it's actually a good song. Just ignore the title. And I'm gonna start. I, the, my third one is not really a song, I'm just gonna listen to the playlist. Uh, I mean, the the album of Pop Smoke, which re- came out yesterday, called Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Um, so yeah, that's what I've listened to. Will Weezy? So I've been listening to a female British British female artist, and name is Joy Joy Crooks or Joy Crooks Joy Crooks. I can't say it last name properly, but she made a song called "Mother May I Sleep with Something." It's a lot. It's a long title, but it's a good song. Also, I've been listening to "Ego Death" by Ty Dolla Sign, Kanye West, and a few other artists. This came out very recently, actually. So I've been listening to that as well. And my third one, my third song I've been listening to is... Oh, that might take a while. I've been very just everywhere. But songs I've had, my last, my latest song I've had on replay is by Seven, no, Zero Seven Shake. It's called Guilty oh, yeah. Conscience. And that's a very good song as well. And that's my top three. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so we will come to the end. Thanks for um, coming on, Lou. I know we've discussed a few topics. And yeah. Good to have you on. We're on. <laughs> you know what? I really appreciate you coming today, man. It means a lot. I mean, I mean, I didn't talk a lot, but it was good hearing your opinion and your perspective of life. It was really refreshing. Thanks. So, thank you for coming, bro. Cheers, guys. I uh, enjoyed that. That was good. And we need to talk more. We need to talk more. I feel like we didn't talk about a lot of things in this podcast today, but we still got more to talk about. So definitely, yeah, we'll bring him on to another episode. Bring him on to another episode. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a private conversation. He's a, he's a busy man, so he's got to go. Say that again, sorry. I said more of a private conversation. Nah, yeah, I hear that. 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 Um, but yeah, comes the end, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. We out. All right, guys. We out. Bye bye.